You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpel965.com. KPEL covers Acadiana with Lowry's printing and copying. Help bring hope to the homeless in Acadiana this Christmas season by sponsoring a child through the Gifting Grace Project. Go to giftinggraceproject.com to select a child from their virtual angel tree. All donation of toys or money are due on Friday, December 9th and can be dropped off at the Gifting Grace Project headquarters. On Friday, December 9th, 2022, from 5 to 7 p.m. in Bendel Gardens, a meal's fourth annual holiday hot cocoa fundraiser is happening. This is a completely free event with live music, hot cocoa, and and food trucks. The suggested donation is $5, or you can purchase a custom mug for $20. All proceeds from this event are going to the Junior League of Lafayette. If you or your organization has an event that you would like to get on the KPL community calendar, email it to news at kpel965.com. That's news at kpel965.com. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. One last win for Democrats. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Against unspeakable odds, here we stand together. Thank you, Georgia. Senator Raphael Warnock re-elected, beating Republican Herschel Walker, who urged his supporters to keep fighting. Because this is much bigger. This is much bigger than Herschel Walker. Fox Business Network's Colin McShane's in Atlanta. You know, this city and its surrounding suburbs really came out in a big way uh, for Senator Warnock. The key to his victory, he won Fulton County by 53 points. That was four points better than his margin last month. You look at the numbers overall in this race. One of the things that really stands out, there was big turnout around the state for a runoff. I mean, the total number of voters was almost as many as what we saw in the general election. The win gives Democrats a more powerful 51-49 Senate majority in the next Congress. Walker is another Trump-backed Republican who lost, and the former president also lost in court again. His company, the Trump Organization, convicted in New York on 17 charges, including tax fraud and falsifying records. Trump Organization attorneys and the former president himself in a statement both say the company committed no crime. They say it was about Alan Weisselberg and the Trump CFO's personal fraud. They will appeal. That's Fox's Grinnell Scott. Last night might be the last dark night for tens of thousands of people in Moore County, North Carolina. Duke Energy expects today to restore power. Cut off in Saturday's attack on substations. The FBI's helping police search for who did it. You know what today is? A war anniversary. December 7th, 1941. A date which will live in infamy. As President Roosevelt, after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor in Hawaii that led the U.S. into World War II, more than 2,000 service members and civilians were killed. A handful of survivors will be in remembrance today. America's listening to Fox News. If you have certain chronic conditions, such as heart disease, asthma, diabetes, and you're 19 years of age or older, 52, 36, 42, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower risk response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain
pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I'm going to ask my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20. The Democrat-led House committee investigating last year's Capitol riot has decided to make criminal referrals to the Justice Department. Committee Chairman Benny Thompson has not said yet who they will recommend face charges. Police who responded that day are being honored. 23 months after rioters attacked and ransacked the U.S. Capitol, police officers who defended the building and the lawmakers inside were honored with congressional gold medals. Your valor on that dark day is the stuff of legend. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and congressional leaders from both parties honored hundreds of police officers who responded to the January 6th riot. Four medals will be displayed at U.S. Capitol Police Headquarters, the headquarters of D.C. Metro Police, the U.S. Capitol, and the Smithsonian. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. The family of Officer Brian Sicknick, who was injured in the riot, then died the next day of what were called natural causes, refused to shake hands with Republican leaders. Amid the criminal and civil and congressional investigations into FTX, the cryptocurrency exchange that went bankrupt, Republican Congressman Madison Cawthorn, who will soon be out of office after losing a primary, has been fined by the House Ethics Committee over his own crypto issues. The committee fined Cawthorn roughly $15,000 after it found evidence the 27-year-old lawmaker broke House rules by promoting a cryptocurrency that could have benefited him financially. The seven-month investigation found that Cawthorn purchased $150,000 in Let's Go Brandon coin in late 2021 and then promoted the coin and encouraged others to invest in it, even as its value plummeted and then sold it a month later. The investigators, however, did not find sufficient evidence of insider trading. He's been ordered to donate the $15,000 fine to a charity by the end of the year. Ted Lindner, Fox News. On Wall Street, stock futures are down, but only modestly, after two big sell-offs. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. How can you help a child in need during the holiday season? Rose's Angels. Here at News Talk 96.5 KPL, we are teaming up once again with Robin McMillan of McMillan's Pub to gather gifts for kids in Acadiana who otherwise wouldn't be getting a gift this year. Robin helps to get presents for kids in lots of different groups throughout Acadiana. Boys and Girls Clubs of Acadiana, Casa, Arch, Smile. Other requests come in. Hundreds of children need help. Robin, through Rose's Angels, is asking for help, and we would be humble by what you could do. If you'd like to adopt a child, all you have to do is call Robin's number, 337-781-7069. That's 337-781-7069. That's 337-781-7069 to become one of Rose's Angels. It's an easy process. Thank you so much from all of us at News Talk 96.5 APL. This is Moon Graffon. I've always believed there's two types of fishermen. There are people like me that love to fish. And there are people like Don Dubuque who can catch fish. And that's why you need to listen to the Outdoor Show with Don Dubuque Saturdays from 5 to 7 a.m. Here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Brought to you by Louisiana's number one Chevy dealer seven years in a row. Service Chevrolet Cadillac. Find new roads. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the KPL News app. Now the headlines from the KPL News Center. For KPL News, I'm Brandon Como. Where will Lafayette's new Hyman Performing Arts Center be located? 
That was the topic of discussion at last night's meeting of the Lafayette City Council. However, nothing was officially decided and new proposals are still being entertained. Further public comments will be addressed when the council meets on December the 20th. Cajun Palms RV Resort in Henderson has announced a name change and some big plans for that facility. The park is transitioning to become a Camp Margaritaville RV Resort. The first phase of the transition should be completed by Memorial Day of next year. Well, if you're thinking it feels unusually warm for this time of year, you'd be right. Forecasters say record high temperatures could fall across south Louisiana today. The record high for this date in Lafayette is 82 degrees. Forecasters say we might tie or break that this afternoon. Now, Brooke Dorrington has more about the unseasonably warm temperatures for December across Louisiana and how one shops for the and how one shops for the holiday season during it. LSU marketing professor Dan Rice says, yes, weather can impact how one shops. For example, online sales tend to increase during hazardous conditions to avoid the elements. But warm weather this time of year can increase foot traffic at brick and mortar retailers. Yes, there's an influence. Um, but it really can depend largely on exactly what you're looking at in terms of whether that influence is positive or negative. And while you're less likely to buy a winter coat when it's supposed to be warm, Rice says that's when you're more likely to snag a bargain. I'm Brooke Thorington. Well, speaking of businesses, a new round of federal small business assistance will bring over $100 million to Louisiana's locally owned businesses. Here's more from Whitney Thomas. The money was awarded Louisiana via the state small business credit initiative, part of the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. Governor John Bell Edwards says many small businesses struggle to stay afloat, much less grow. Access to capital is the number one inhibitor to success. Over 90% of Louisiana businesses are small businesses, and they employ over half the state's total workforce. They are resilient, but certainly can use some help. Information is online at LouisianaSSBCI.com. I'm Whitney Thomas. Congressman Troy Carter says he hopes the Memorandum of Understanding inked by Governor John Bell Edwards and French officials last week will help bridge the gaps between advocates for clean energy and those who prefer relying on fossil fuels. We all recognize the importance of energy. We all recognize the importance of trying to bring the prices down for the consumer. And we all recognize that we have to do it in a cleaner, better way. As part of the agreement, France will send an international technical expert to Louisiana to help state agencies find French industries that might want to work on carbon reduction initiatives in Louisiana. This MOU gives us an opportunity to borrow from their technology, borrow from their expertise, and have a meaningful exchange on how we can do better at protecting our coast, protecting our climate. Governing Magazine says France has established several international technical experts in various parts of the world. This is the first one dedicated to energy transition and climate change, and the first one based in Louisiana. Pundits analyzing the results of the November election are suggesting the reason the anticipated red wave of Republican support across the country did not happen was because more young voters turned out than ever before. However, that was not the case in Louisiana. The highest voter turnout was among was actually among voters aged 65 and older. Back in local news, Beauchene High School was placed on lockdowns twice yesterday. The first lockdown was reported before 9 a.m., after that threat was cleared, students were on their way back to class when yet another threat was discovered. St. Landry Law Enforcement is investigating those threats. Meanwhile, school is in session today at Beauchene. 
In Evangelion Parish, a deputy has been terminated after it was alleged he was involved in a physical altercation with an inmate. Jaquarius Hayward is alleged to have assaulted an unidentified inmate while during a lockdown at the jail on, the, on December 3rd. He's been charged with simple battery and malfeasance in office. In Opelousas, Arian Walker has been arrested and charged in connection with a fatal hit-and-run crash that happened November 23rd on US-190. Aaron Nathan Washington was killed in that crash. Walker is facing several charges in the case. She was booked into the St. Landry Parish Jail this week. 41 years ago, Seaman First Class Houston Temples of Barnado died when Pearl Harbor was attacked. His remains were initially identified, and today he'll be buried in Bogalusa. His niece, Shirley Temples Heyman, recalls a letter he sent home while he served in the Navy. At the bottom of the page, I never shall forget, he said, Mama, Mama, don't worry about me. I'm serving my country. Now, Heyman was only five months old when her uncle was killed and says when the Navy offered to have his remains buried in his home state, it was her son who suggested having his funeral on this significant day. And so my son, Joseph, said, uh, why don't we do it on Pearl Harbor Day? Heyman and family members are extremely proud of Temple's military service, and they're very grateful to be able to honor his memory in Louisiana. It's just been an amazing journey, a wonderful time of knowing that after 81 years, my uncle is finally coming home. The funeral will take place at 2 p.m. at Panama Cemetery in Bogalusa. In sports, the New Orleans Saints suffered a heartbreaking 17-16 loss to the Buccaneers Monday night after leading and controlling for much of the game. Up 13 with just over five minutes left. The Saints allowed two long touchdown drives as the Bucs scored the game-winning touchdown with three seconds left. The Saints controlled much of the game and made three trips to the red zone, none of which resulted in a touchdown. Coach Dennis Allen says he was pleased with the team's ability to move the ball but was frustrated by the missed opportunities. We have a couple opportunities to make some plays. We don't make them. Um, and then and then situationally, we've got we've to be better. Um, Look, I've got confidence in, in, in our offense. I've got confidence in, in what we're doing. I think we just, ha- we just have to be more consistent in what we're doing. Frustration has been the story of the Saints season. Falling to 4-9, the loss to the division rival, all but eliminates them from the playoff hunt. New Orleans is the second most penalized team in the NFL and has the second worst turnover margin after their two takeaways against Tampa Bay. Allen says the team has consistently lost winnable games. I felt like we had an opportunity. We put ourselves in a position to win. I feel like we put ourselves in position to win uh, on more than one occasion uh, this season. And, and for differing reasons, we haven't been able to get the results that that, uh, that all of us would like. Uh, coaches, players, fans, everybody. The Saints enter the bye week at a much-needed time. After back-to-back disappointing losses, Allen hopes the team will find time, some time to rest and refocus before the final four games of the season. Now two games behind the Bucks and at the bottom of the division, New Orleans will have to put the pieces together during their week off if they want a chance to save their season. We've been playing for 13 straight weeks. You know, I think the bye is a, a, a time for guys to, you know, kind of get themselves recharged. Uh mentally, physically, and emotionally, and ready to finish out these last four games of the season. And so that was really what the message was. The Saints will host Atlanta after the bye on December the 18th. On a much happier note, the Raging Cajuns selected to the 2022 Independence Bowl against Houston. Head coach Michael Desermo says he and his team set out to be champions this year, and Independence Bowl champions fits that criteria. He says the team is excited about the tough matchup. 
we'd have been happy to play anywhere, anybody. I mean, honestly. Um, but, you know, the reality of it is when you play a team like Houston that, you know, certainly them moving up to the Big 12, uh, all those things that go into it. But then, you know, I mean, just the brand Houston and the name and recognition and for a lot of our kids, Louisiana, East Texas kids, I mean, they're all familiar with Houston. So for us, it's just, it's a, it's a great situation. This will be the Cajuns' first appearance in the Independence Bowl in school history. Only about a three-hour drive for the team. Desmond hopes fans and players will be excited to show their support here in Louisiana and provide a home atmosphere. That's what I was hoping is it was going to be something driving distance that we could travel and we could have a really good fan base and a really good show in there. And I think we will. Um, you know, for a lot of our players, you know, I mean, Mississippi, East Texas, Louisiana, that's where the bulk of our roster is from. I think it's, it's easier for their families and their friends and things like that to get there. And in high school football, fans of three teams in Acadiana gearing up for state championship games in New Orleans this weekend. Vermilion Catholic faces Wachita Christian on Thursday night at 7. And Lafayette Christian Academy will meet St. Thomas More on Friday. You can listen to that game on Classic Rock 105.1 with uh, myself and Ian Ozan on the call. Kickoff is set for noon with the pregame show set to begin at 11 a.m. Well, we've got ourselves another very foggy start out there this morning. Dense fog advisory is going to be in effect throughout the first half of the morning. Does look a little bit better in the afternoon, though. Eventually should be getting a bit of sunshine out there today. Although I think we do have to navigate some clouds, maybe even a few light kind of sprinkles that are going to be out there today. But no rainfall that's going to have any kind of major impact on anyone's day. Highs get up to about 84 degrees. Once again, going to be very, very warm out there. In fact, staying in the 80s through the rest of the week, likely even into the first half of the weekend as well. With some showers on the way on Sunday, that's probably the next time maybe we could cool down just a little bit. In the meantime, partly sunny skies day in and day out. Temperatures in the 80s through the rest of this week. And those lows are going to be sitting in the upper 60s. will be about 66 degrees overnight tonight. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. And not surprising that there's a couple of crashes on the board with how heavy the fog is outside. Uh, we do have one crash popping up U.S. Highway 90 at Ambassador Caffrey and Broussard. That's Highway 90 at Ambassador Caffrey and Broussard. We've also got another crash popping up on Debonair Road in Scott. That's the 300 block of Debonair Road in Scott near First Baptist Church. So please be careful, especially if you're in the area. It's coming up now on 621 on Acadiana's Morning News. All right, so we have a winner. It's Warnick. So we'll get to that coming up in just a bit. You were just listening to some of the stats about what happened in elections this year. And we'll be talking about an all-wing in it Wednesday, too. So Warnick, the winner in that race in Georgia. The council last night. Um, having more discussion about whether or not there should be a particular place chosen over another when it comes to a new performing arts center for our community. There are more than a dozen speakers, according to our news partners at uh, at Channel 3. Now, nothing is set in stone yet, um, but there have been some discussions going on in terms of the 
uh, submission of possible sites of what could work best, uh, an agreement, if you will, for the possibility of something for the West Congress Cajun Dome Boulevard complex. Money was spent on a study. Some are suggesting another study should be done. Um, So there's that whole discussion that is going on. So that is going to continue. On the 20th will be time for more discussion in front of the council. And quite frankly, there are a lot of different areas that could really make sense for our community. Um, And when it comes to opinions, they vary and vary widely. Um, Some people are in favor of doing something in the Northgate Mall space, for example. Some say, well, why don't we use the um, the area at West Congress and Cajun Dome Boulevard because that's already been discussed. Others have said, let's do downtown. Um, and then, you know, one group who is in support of one particular area will say, they'll point to another project and say, well, there's going to be problems with parking or there's going to be problems with this. Um, maybe we should mo- know a little bit more about the study that Lita did and did it answer all the questions that perhaps the community might have. And if that is the case, um, great. If not, maybe some other study needs to be done. Um, I do know going forward, it's good to have representation and and fight for your particular area of town. But wow, it always seems like everything is very contentious in our community. Um what I did find interesting, um, as the con- you know all of this discussion um, continues about this particular area, they was that it was a feasibility study that was used by Lafayette Economic Development Authority. Mm-hmm. Um, now Jeff Daly, who is a marketing director and Lafayette resident and sometimes editor and writer for The Current, which was not mentioned in the story, which I think is important to be mentioned in the story. I was going to say that was the first thing I thought of. if it had been me in front of the city council, I can guarantee you somebody would have pointed and said, K-Pel, K-Pel, K-Pel. Yes. And I just, I really have a problem with that. Maybe the person who wrote the story didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, And here's why. Because some people have a perception of K-Pel, and they think, oh, everybody at K-Pel is this way. Well, some people have a perception of the current, and they think everybody at the current is this way. Mm-hmm. Either way, I think those should be mentioned in stories. Right. All right, moving on. Uh, Daily, but Jeff Daly is saying that local government officials have not provided a public process regarding the Arts Center. Uh, he says, meaning Daly, Lita's feasibility study was released in April with no real public process. Then radio silenced for six months, then out of nowhere, The administration announced this, and I quote, this is Jeff Daly's quote, the university has tentatively agreed to a public indebted agreement in land use with the city of Lafayette for a performing arts center. So um, Guillory is claiming, meaning Mayor President Josh Guillory is claiming that everything is still on the table. Mm -hmm. We'll ask him about that again tomorrow, uh, see where they kind of see it in the process. And hopefully we'll be able to get someone from Lita to get on the line with us and explain to us, okay, what did they look into? What did their feasibility study entail? What did it look at? What did it decide? Um, You know, downtown, for example, did it come in 
I don't know, second place, third place, fourth place, et cetera. So we will get to all that discussion with those folks coming up, too. Then the Winging It Wednesday crew will come in. We'll have some more discussion going on about some of these topics. One topic is going to be salaries. And if you work for a small wage, this is no surprise to you at all. Um, But Lafayette has the lowest average pay of Louisiana's biggest parishes. Whoa. Okay. So um, I found that article uh, very interesting. And I said, okay, well, let's talk a little bit more about that on the show today. It is very difficult for folks to make ends meet. It was so before the pandemic. It is even more so now um, as inflation has continued to rise for, or it's about 7.5% inflation from year to year. Um, So when you're comparing things, Lafayette, the parish has the lowest average pay of Louisiana's biggest parishes. But imagine too, if you're the business owner, and you're trying to make ends meet, you're stuck in the middle there too because mm-hmm. you're trying to pay the the costs of doing business as inflation has gone up and you are trying to make sure you can keep and retain the employees that you have because everybody's looking for people right now. Right. Um, so take this into account. Of the counties... This is based on the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics Mm -hmm. of the counties in the country with the highest populations in the United States. Lafayette Parish ranked 307th out of 356. Wow. Yeah. While Lafayette is among the lowest uh, lowest paid large counties in the nation, it's also among those that have seen the largest pay increases over the last year. And I think that is because nobody can find anybody to do the work. Yeah. And if you can't find somebody to do the work, then you've got to be maybe willing to offer a dollar more, $2 more an hour mm-hmm. to someone. Yeah. Um, so we'll get into all of that coming up. On average, Lafayette's wages jumped about 5.3%. So where does that, where does that end? Where does that start and where does that end? Because if you are the business owner, I mean, think about how many folks we know that are having a tough time just keeping it all together. Uh, uh, and the employees are saying the same thing. All you have to do is look around um, at all the restaurant closings. Yep. It's painful. Uh, for there's everybody. been a lot in this area. Yes. Oof, indeed. What a what a tough time among. Well, really, for everyone. It is coming up now on 629. We got a lot to discuss on Acadiana's Morning News. Also in the 8 o'clock hour this morning, we will be discussing fentanyl. Once again, Monroe had kind of this hot shot snapshot of uh, several overdose deaths. So we will have an official uh, from the coroner's office join us in studio around 835 this morning. We'll delve into some of the statistics and what we know for our Lafayette area. We'll be covering that as well. Brandon's got a lo- another look at news coming up. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Defend. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you 
at matthew-james.com. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. For Cape Hill News, I'm Brandon Como. Where will Lafayette's new Hyman Performing Arts Center be located? That was the topic of discussion at last night's meeting of the Lafayette City Council. However, nothing was officially decided and new proposals are still being entertained. Further public comments will be addressed when the council meets on December 20th. Cajun Palms RV Resort in Henderson has announced a name change and some big plans for that facility. The park is transitioning to become a Camp Margaritaville RV Resort. The first phase of the transition should be completed by Memorial Day of next year. And good news for small businesses in the state. Louisiana has been approved for up to $113 million in small business support from the federally funded State Small Business Credit Initiative. The plan will offer mom and pops financial assistance, low interest loans, and more. You can find out more about the program by visiting louisianassbci.com. The people have spoken in Georgia and in that state's Senate runoff race. Democrat Raphael Warnock defeated Republican Herschel Walker. This ensures a Democratic majority in the Senate without having to rely on Vice President Kamala Harris to step in to break any ties. Pundits analyzing the results of the November election are suggesting the reason the anticipated red wave of Republican support did not happen across the country was because more young voters turned out than ever before. However, that was not the case in Louisiana. The highest voter turnout was actually among voters aged 65 and older. And if you're thinking it feels unusually warm for this time of year, you'd be right. Forecasters say record high temperatures could fall across South Louisiana today. The record high for this date in Lafayette is 82 degrees. Forecasters say we might tie or break that this afternoon. You're up to date. I'm Brandon Como. Very foggy start across Acadiana today with a dense fog advisory up through the mid-morning. Temperatures are going to be pushing their way into the 80s, probably about 84 degrees out there for that high. Lows tonight going to be dropping down into the 60s. It'll be about 66 for the overnight low. And same kind of forecast coming up over the next couple of days. Very, very stagnant pattern here across Acadiana with spring-like conditions lasting through the rest of the work week. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96. West Baton Rouge's newly renovated conference center is a Convention South Reader's Choice winner and is the ideal spot for weddings and other special occasions. Visit westbatonrouge.net. Like them on Facebook, westbatonrouge.net. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Right now, traffic. All right, so we do have a couple of uh, crashes to mention to you. First off, we have, actually it's down the one, so that's good news. The one in Scott has been cleared. But you do have a crash, Coolidge Street at South College Road. That's Coolidge at South College Road. Please be careful, especially if you're going in that area, and please be mindful that some school zones are now in effect. It is coming up now on 636 on Acadiana's Morning News. Bernadette Lee, Brandon Como, the Killer Bees in studio. Hello, Brandon Como. Hello, Bernadette Lee. Uh, how are you, sir? Good. I'm talking like this because of the fog. <laughs> well, that is, yes. Um, I think that voice does sound like it could go very well with the fog, which is very, very <laughs> thick this morning. It's a mess again yeah. this morning. Mm-hmm. So if you normally, you're like, oh, I normally leave around 730 Y'all, I would back that up just a little bit, maybe oh, yeah. around 7.15. Maybe even 7.10. Yeah. And just be, you're going to have to be mindful out there mm-hmm. and cautious and just assume that that person at the light is not going to stop. Yeah. Because it could be another rough one by about 
6.45-ish, 7 o'clock yesterday. Yeah. We had several traffic crashes up and down um, the Southwest Evangeline Thruway and a couple of different areas. So please be careful and out it, there today. And I will warn you, especially if you're in those areas uh, kind of outside the city, yeah. the fog is the worst it's been all week. Oh like, today is the worst of all the days. Ooh, so please be mindful of that. Um, and like Bernie says, yeah, just go ahead and leave a little bit earlier this morning because, yeah, it's 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 not fun to drive through so far. No, no, it is not. Okay, but we do get to finally talk about something fun this morning, and that is we're going to talk a little Acadiana Symphony Orchestra. Dana Baker joining us in studio, and Burris is with her. Hi, y'all. Good morning. Hey, hey. How's it going? Fantastical. Okay, I'm trying <laughs> to figure out, okay, did y'all have to use, like, ski equipment to get in here in this fog? Or <laughs> giant <laughs> pairs of scissors? I just listened to the Monster Mash on the way here. Help me get here. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all freaking me out. I feel like we're watching the Adam, listening to the Adams Family right here. <laughs> Um, so you've got this great concert and it's coming up next week already. I know. Oh my gosh. Okay. So y'all give us an idea of what we can expect. Okay. So next Tuesday, December 13th, we have our annual Christmas concerts, usually our biggest concert of the year, an Acadiana tradition for 38 years. Super excited about it. And every year we do a, we have a guest artist that is, you know, a local person of some sort and, um, We've done everything from Cajun and Zydeco to Roots Rock to all sorts of things. Um, and this year we have, we are so fortunate to have Burris, Yay! our rock star. He, um, he has a soulful voice and he, um, he, I'll let him tell you what his influences are and all that. But he is a classically trained uh, musician. Wow. Um, his father is in the symphony, which is really cool. Yeah, I don't, cool I don't know that we've ever had anything like that, a father-son <laughs> duo. Um, and he is going to be singing a few songs with us for the Christmas Aww. concert, and we're really excited about that. So what did, what in musically, uh, Burris, what, what has influenced you over the years? What do you love? I, of course, love all kinds of music. It's such a hard question to answer yeah. that, you know. But some of my biggest mainstream influences have been Dave Matthews mm -hmm. and Jason Raz. So that singer-songwriter, you know, happy vocal sounds. But um, I love local guys, too. I'm, I'm a big local music fan. Mark Broussard has been a hometown hero <laughs> of mine. Yeah, he sang Christmas today. Yeah, I know he yeah, did. It, yeah. and that's cool. I get to sing the version of uh, this Christmas that I'm doing was oh, okay. was oh. arranged for Mark, so oh, okay. I get to sing. Oh, that. Oh, yeah, it feels. I feel like I'm coming full circle here. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> and he plays Festival International. He's. I mean, he's he's great. I love this. And okay, so classically trained here in town. Yes. Yeah, Your so, uh, beginnings here and then also other places. That's right. I'm a Lafayette native. I went to Lafayette High School. I was in the good old Lafayette High band, you know, <laughs> yeah. national national competitors. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and then I went to LSU. I studied music there. And now I live in New Orleans and I play full time out there. I've played all over the world and got to sing for all kinds of great people. But I love coming home and singing back oh, in Lafayette. It's, it's good. That. I would imagine. So, OK, so I've got to ask you all. What kinds of songs do we, will it be some of the traditional Christmassy music that we love? Well, some, so the orchestra will be playing with the youth orchestra. So our youth orchestra wow. plays side by side with our professional or, uh, musicians. Wow, and then, of course, cool. we have two choral groups that will be playing with us. Um, oh. Lafayette High Chorus and um, Chorale des Amis. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I mentioned this 
before to some friends that, you know, chorus has been difficult for, you know, they haven't bounced back as quickly yeah. after COVID Makes because sense. they were the last, they were kind of the last group that was able to perform. And so, um, so they're getting back up and running and we're really excited to have them um, perform. So it's a bunch of kids on stage, which I love <laughs> and um, with our professional musicians. And then of course we'll have, you know, some, some classic favorites, some Nutcrackers some Tchaikovsky and, um, a few other things, but then we'll also have some your Christmas faves will be yeah. there. And I know that Burris is singing some really cool Christmas songs, plus some of his own Excellent. stuff, Ooh, which we love. Yeah. I love people's original stuff. I just it, it it's gonna be great. I'm I very excited about that. I think that's what really moves the soul too. Yeah, agree. You know, something that's personal. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Plus, if you've never heard it before, then you're all super excited. You're like, yeah, yeah. I get to hear this. Yes, exactly. You know, for my first time of hearing but this. But then we'll have, you know, uh, Sleigh Ride, which mm-hmm. you know, we love with the bells. My my first concert working for the symphony was the Christmas concert, and my nieces got to play the bells. And I oh was my so goodness. excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they were so excited about it. But, um, you know, we'll have some Christmas favorites. Santa Claus will be making an appearance. Ooh. <laughs> what a sweetheart I mean, if you, I mean, if you've been good, but <laughs> yeah. if you've not been, mm, you might have an opportunity to change that Maybe up. Try to correct the perception. I mean, That's you right. know, you have a little time. We have a little time. A standing Christmas. ovation is a good way. To That's a good know. way. <laughs> a standing O would be great for Santa. <laughs> Y'all, how do we get tickets? What do we do? Okay, so you can go to katianasymphony.org. Okay. Now, you know, I'm sure you've all, as a news station, you've heard all the hubbub about T Swift, Taylor Swift, and her anti ticket, ma- her fans with the Ticketmaster issues. Right. <laughs> well, we too have had Ticketmaster issues. And so because we've had the issues, it's so difficult to enter, you know, every other e commerce site. You plug in your code at the end as checkout. Well, not with Ticketmaster. You have to go to this unlock button before you select anything. It's a whole thing. So we are keeping our code available all the way up to, to the day of. Oh, for, I love that. To combat those fees. The mm-hmm. fees are crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 20% um, off the ticket price. And so you just go to Ticketmaster. You go to AcadianSymphony.org. Mm-hmm. It takes you directly to Ticketmaster, to our concert. You go to the top right corner. It says unlock. Click that and then enter Jolly, J-O-L-L-Y. Easy enough to And then do. you pick your seat. Mm-hmm. Ah, I love that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we need to be ready for Tuesday. Yep. It's going to be an awful lot of fun. Yes. Viewers, thank you so much for coming in to visit with us this morning, too. Thank you for having me. Okay, so um, next time y'all come, hopefully it won't be so foggy out there, I know. huh? <laughs> oh, I, know. I know. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. It feels we, more like Halloween than Christmas. Right? Yeah. But we will never let that <laughs> no. dampen our spirits. We won't have any, no grin, no resting Grinch face here. No, <laughs> never. If anything, the fog kind of fits into the whole Christmas was it Christmas yes. Carol? Ooh. Yes. yes. There you go. Well, I don't want. I don't want anybody. Any. I don't want anybody visiting me in my <laughs> no. sleep. I'm sorry. I don't know about y'all. I don't need to I learn about my myself. Past. No thanks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> y'all are great. No thanks. Oh, excellent. Well, it's good to see y'all. Have you a great too. one. You too. It's coming up now at six forty-five on Acadiana's Morning News. <laughs> <laughs> want to hear Christmas music on your schedule? Check out the KPL News app and click on the Christmas music icon. Brought to you by Christmas at Bridgepoint Farms, 115 Enterprise Boulevard, just off of Johnston Street. With more than 10 million jobs open right now, America is suffering an unprecedented worker shortage. 
But Amazon has a plan, and the labor unions aren't going to like it one bit. I'm Kim Commando, brought to you by CarShield, with protection plans to save you thousands. Visit carshield.com slash Kim to save 10%. Deductible may apply. Remember back 10 years ago, when thousands of fast food workers were threatening a strike unless they were immediately paid $15 an hour? In response, the fast food industry threatened to use robots, automation, and self-service. The protesters went back to work. Flash forward to today. Amazon has developed a yellow AI robot named Sparrow, incredible human-like manual dexterity that can pick up delicate shelf products without crushing or dropping them. Once this system is in place, it will replace its human employee counterparts forever. No more threats, strike, sick time, paid leave, or unionization. The unions are going to love this. Remember to get Tech Smarts with my daily podcast called Kim Commando today. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Kim. That's linkedin.com slash Kim to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The address again, linkedin.com slash Kim, linkedin.com slash Kim. It is coming up now on 6.50. Okay, so apparently Chinese authorities have now announced, as of today, they are easing some of their COVID controls, okay? Um, People are now going to be able to more easily travel between different parts of that country. Um, Unless an area is designated as high risk, the work and the local production cannot be stopped. So they kind of did a backtrack, and then there was a bunch of protesting before. Um, the measure also said that other that other than facilities like retirement homes and health clinics, venues should not require that you have a negative test or any of the health code checks that they had been doing. You know, and a lot of people had been wondering, how does this impact the rest of the globe? And, you know, you really got to think about it. We don't live in an isolated economy. You know, how is the U.S. doing? Well, how's China doing? How are some of these areas that make products uh, for us? Because it all ends up having an impact all across the globe. So here's an example of, of one that we found about how strict things had become as far as mainland China. Mm-hmm. In Beijing... More and more and more people were being required to scan a health code with a smartphone app in order to get into a public venue. Yeah. So imagine that. Um, it was just crazy. You, like going into a grocery store and stuff like that. So even though they kind of did this, there was a, a surge of infections and all that. So, but you know, they have to realize that regardless of what's happening in their world, when they can't get 
goods out to other areas of the globe, they're yeah. going to suffer too. So, you know, we talked about, okay, so elderly people, there are mm -hmm. still millions of elderly people that have not been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And so they're saying that the restrictions won't be able to be completely lifted until mid 2023. This yeah. is not like, you know, snap of the fingers and overnight. No, right. This You're is right. going to take a while. Mm -hmm. This is going to take about five, six months uh, at least. Um, and I mean, like you said, Bernie, this is having huge impacts on manufacturing and global trade. Because as you mentioned, China is such a huge international player. And it certainly is. But I'll tell you, it reinforced again for America in these last couple of years why it is so important for us to find a way to do on our own what we expect the rest of the world to do for us and for us to purchase. Yeah. Um, you know, and that goes for energy, too. Even though, you know, there are so many people that, that hate certain aspects of, uh, of our energy. Mm -hmm. um, we want to talk real quick, too, before our break. We've got Kim Commando's Computer Minute. That's coming up in just a bit. We do want to remind you about this fog this morning. It's rough out there. So please be careful that you're going to have to deal with all this fog this morning until it burns off. It's going to impact your travels. Make sure you're leaving a little bit ahead of schedule. You want to make sure that you're out there and... Oof, ahead of schedule, at least 10 to 15 minutes. Coming up now on 653. I'm Bernadette Lee, and you're listening to News Talk 96.5 KPL. The Fox Business Report is brought to you by Gulf Coast Bank, your local community bank. Whether your financial needs are for an individual, a business, or for the whole family, Gulf Coast Bank has the knowledge and products to serve you best. With nine convenient locations throughout Acadiana, you're never far from a friendly Gulf Coast Bank associate. I'm Connell McShane. This is the Fox Business Report. Home improvement company Lowe's is standing by its forecast for this year and will buy back $15 billion worth of stock. Lowe's is hosting its analyst and investor conference today. CEO Marvin Ellison says Lowe's working on its total home strategy. It wants to be a one-stop link for customers to get everything they need across all of their projects. Stock futures are flat. Another day of losses. Investors are looking ahead with uncertainty to next week's Federal Reserve meeting. That caution is over shadowing China's easing of zero COVID policies. Oil prices have slipped. Brent crude is slipping to the lowest levels of the year. Recession concerns and the impact of a Western cap on Russian oil prices are contributing. That's your Fox Business Report. Osola, invested in you. Starting to realize your small business is a little overwhelmed by the holiday rush? It's still not too late to get all of your shipping and mail control with Stamps.com. Sign up right now, and you'll be printing your own postage in just minutes with discounted USPS and UPS shipping rates. Just go to Stamps.com, click the at the top of the page, and use code BUSINESS for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a digital scale. That's Stamps.com. Code business. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. 51 to 49. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. That's the majority Democrats will have in the next Congress after Senator Raphael Warnock was reelected in Georgia, getting more than 51% in a runoff, beating Republican Herschel Walker. Fox's Aisha Hosny's in Atlanta. He took that stage looking very disappointed and downcast as he made his concession speech. We've had a tough journey, have we not? Yes. 
Senator Warnock taking the stage to accept victory just a short time after that. You believe, as I do, that democracy is the political enactment of a spiritual idea. There's a case of the Supreme Court that could affect future elections. The U.S. Supreme Court is stepping into a North Carolina redistricting dispute, pitting the Republican-led legislature against the Democratic-majority state Supreme Court. North Carolina's Supreme Court blocked a Republican congressional district map that favored the GOP. The state court said the map violates the state constitution. The Supreme Court must now figure out if legislatures have sole discretion in setting election rules. That's Fox's Jared Halpern. The Trump Organization and the former president say they'll appeal a verdict in New York finding the company guilty of 17 charges, including tax fraud. This was a case uh, about lying and cheating. Uh, false documents. That's Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. The Trump Organization blames ex-CFO Alan Weisselberg completed guilty to fraud. More drama at Twitter from new CEO Elon Musk firing one of the company's top lawyers. A key player in the Hunter Biden laptop censorship scandal tweeting in light of concerns about James Baker's possible role in suppression of information important to the public dialogue, he was exited from Twitter. A user replying to that tweet asking was he asked to explain himself first to which Musk responded, quote Yes, and his explanation was unconvincing. Fox's Brooks Singman. Time Magazine has just announced Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky, Person of the Year. America's listening to Fox News. If you have certain chronic conditions, such as heart disease, asthma, diabetes, and you're 19 years of age or older, 52, 36, 42, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I'm going to ask my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20. It's now been 81 years since the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor that led us into World War II. December 7th. 1941, a date which will live in infamy. It was President Roosevelt. More than 2,000 service members and civilians were killed. A handful of survivors, about 100 years old now, will be there for a ceremony today in Hawaii. From one attack that led to war to another. A New York City church destroyed on 9-11 has been rebuilt. More than two decades after the St. Nicholas Greek Orthodox Church was destroyed by the falling South Tower of the World Trade Center during the terror attack of September 11, 2001, its rebuilt replacement opened to the public. Michael Soros is the chairman of the group The Friends of St. Nicholas, which raised money for the rebuilding. The National Shrine completes the Trinity at ground zero. You have the museum, you have the reflecting poles, but now faith has been restored to ground zero. Years of delays held up construction for the church, which overlooks the Memorial Plaza and features icons of heroes of 9-11, as well as Christ and the saints. In New York City, Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. There's news out of Indonesia. A bomb maker involved in the 2002 attack on Bali nightclubs has been set free from prison. 
Umar Patek had previously apologized for his role in the bombings that killed 202 people. In Germany, police raids across the country. 3,000 officers were involved in the operation against suspected far-right extremists, some of the suspects former members of the military. Reports out of Germany say they intended to storm parliament and seize power. The targets of the German police operation were the so-called Reich Citizens Movement, which doesn't recognize the modern German state. 25 people have been arrested. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. On Wall Street, a sell-off brewing. Dow futures down more than 100 points. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. KPL covers Acadiana with Lowry's printing and copying. Help bring hope to the homeless in Acadiana this Christmas season by sponsoring a child through the Gifting Grace Project. Go to giftinggraceproject.com to select a child from their virtual angel tree. All donation of toys or money are due on Friday, December 9th and can be dropped off at the Gifting Grace Project headquarters. On Friday, December 9th, 2022 from 5 to 7 p.m. in Bendel Gardens, a meal's fourth annual holiday hot cocoa fundraiser is happening. This is a completely free event with live music, hot cocoa, and food trucks. The suggested donation is $5, or you can purchase a custom mug for $20. All proceeds from this event are going to the Junior League of Lafayette. If you or your organization has an event that you would like to get on the KPL community calendar, email it to news at kpel965.com. That's news at kpel965.com. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the KPL News app. Now the headlines from the KPL News Center. For KPL News, I'm Brandon Como. Where will Lafayette's new Hyman Performing Arts Center be located? That was the topic of discussion at last night's meeting of the Lafayette City Council. However, nothing was officially decided and new proposals are still being entertained. Further public comments will be addressed when the council meets on December the 20th. Cajun Palms RV Resort in Henderson has announced a name change and some big plans for that facility. The park is transitioning to become a Camp Margaritaville RV Resort. The first phase of the transition should be completed by Memorial Day of next year. Well, if you're thinking it feels unusually warm for this time of year, you'd be right. Forecasters say record high temperatures could fall across South Louisiana today. The record high for this date in Lafayette is 82 degrees. Forecasters say we might tie or break that this afternoon. Now, Brooke Dorrington has more about the unseasonably warm temperatures for December across Louisiana and how one shops for the and how one shops for the holiday season during it. LSU marketing professor Dan Rice says, yes, weather can impact how one shops. For example, online sales tend to increase during hazardous conditions to avoid the elements. But warm weather this time of year can increase foot traffic at brick and mortar retailers. Yes, there's an influence. Um, but it really can depend largely on exactly what you're looking at in terms of whether that influence is positive or negative. And while you're less likely to buy a winter coat when it's supposed to be warm, Rice says that's when you're more likely to snag a bargain. I'm Brooke Thorington. Well, speaking of businesses, a new round of federal small business assistance will bring over $100 million to Louisiana's locally owned businesses. Here's more from Whitney Thomas. The money was awarded Louisiana via the state small business credit initiative, part of the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. Governor John Bell Edwards says many small businesses struggle to stay afloat, much less grow. Access to capital is the number one inhibitor to success. Over 90% of Louisiana businesses are small businesses, and they employ over half the state's total workforce. They are resilient, but certainly can use some help. Information is online at LouisianaSSBCI.com. I'm Whitney Thomas. 
Congressman Troy Carter says he hopes the memorandum of understanding inked by Governor John Bell Edwards and French officials last week will help bridge the gaps between advocates for clean energy and those who prefer relying on fossil fuels. We all recognize the importance of energy. We all recognize the importance of trying to bring the prices down for the consumer. And we all recognize that we have to do it in a cleaner, better way. As part of the agreement, France will send an international technical expert to Louisiana to help state agencies find French industries that might want to work on carbon reduction initiatives in Louisiana. This MOU gives us an opportunity to borrow from their technology, borrow from their expertise, and have a meaningful exchange on how we can do better at protecting our coast, protecting our climate. Governing Magazine says France has established several international technical experts in various parts of the world. This is the first one dedicated to energy transition and climate change, and the first one based in Louisiana. Pundits analyzing the results of the November election are suggesting the reason the anticipated red wave of Republican support across the country did not happen was because more young voters turned out than ever before. However, that was not the case in Louisiana. The highest voter turnout was among was actually among voters aged 65 and older. Back in local news, Beauchene High School was placed on lockdowns twice yesterday. The first lockdown was reported before 9 a.m. After that threat was cleared, students were on their way back to class when yet another threat was discovered. St. Landry law enforcement is investigating those threats. Meanwhile, school is in session today at Beauchene. In Evangeline Parish, a deputy has been terminated after it was alleged he was involved in a physical altercation with an inmate. Jaquarius Hayward is alleged to have assaulted an unidentified inmate while during a lockdown at the jail on, the, on December 3rd, he's been charged with simple battery and malfeasance in office. In Opelousas, Arian Walker has been arrested and charged in connection with a fatal hit-and-run crash that happened November 23rd on US-190. Aaron Nathan Washington was killed in that crash. Walker is facing several charges in the case. She was booked into the St. Landry Parish Jail this week. 81 years ago today, Seaman First Class Houston Temples of Varnado died when Pearl Harbor was attacked. His remains were initially identified, and today he'll be buried in Bogalusa. His niece, Shirley Temples Heyman, recalls a letter he sent home while he served in the Navy. At the bottom of the page, I never shall forget, he said, Mama, Mama, don't worry about me. I'm serving my country. Uh, Heyman was only five months old when her uncle was killed and says when the Navy offered to have his remains buried in his home state, it was her son who suggested having his funeral on this significant day. And so my son, Joseph, said, uh, why don't we do it on Pearl Harbor Day? Heyman and family members are extremely proud of Temple's military service, and they're very grateful to be able to honor his memory in Louisiana. It's just been an amazing journey, a wonderful time of knowing that after 81 years, my uncle is finally coming home. The funeral will take place at 2 p.m. at Panama Cemetery in Bogalusa. In sports, the New Orleans Saints suffered a heartbreaking 17-16 loss to the Buccaneers Monday night after leading and controlling for much of the game, up 13 with just over five minutes left. The Saints allowed two long touchdown drives as the Bucs scored the game-winning touchdown with three seconds left. The Saints controlled much of the game and made three trips to the red zone, none of which resulted in a touchdown. Coach Dennis Allen says he was pleased with the team's ability to move the ball, but was frustrated by the missed opportunities. We have a couple opportunities to make some plays. We don't make them. Um, and, then, and then situationally, we've got we've to be better. Um, look, I've got confidence in, in, in our offense. I've got confidence in, in what we're doing. I think we just, ha- we just have to be more consistent in what we're doing. 
Frustration has been the story of the Saints season, falling to 4-9. The loss to the division rival all but eliminates them from the playoff hunt. New Orleans is the second most penalized team in the NFL and has the second worst turnover margin after their two takeaways against Tampa Bay. Allen says the team has consistently lost winnable games. I felt like we had an opportunity. We put ourselves in a position to win. I feel like we put ourselves in position to win uh, on more than one occasion uh, this season. And, and for differing reasons, we haven't been able to get the results that that, uh, that all of us would like. Uh, coaches, players, fans, everybody. The Saints enter the bye week at a much-needed time. After back-to-back disappointing losses, Allen hopes the team will find time, some time to rest and refocus before the final four games of the season. Now two games behind the Bucks and at the bottom of the division, New Orleans will have to put the pieces together during their week off if they want a chance to save their season. We've been playing for 13 straight weeks. You know, I think the bye is a, a, a time for guys to, you know, kind of get themselves recharged. Uh, mentally, physically, and emotionally, and ready to finish out these last four games of the season. And so that was really what the message was. The Saints will host Atlanta after the bye on December the 18th. On a much happier note, the Raging Cajuns, selected to the 2022 Independence Bowl against Houston, head coach Michael Desermo says he and his team set out to be champions this year, and Independence Bowl champions fits that criteria. He says the team is excited about the tough matchup. We'd have been happy to play anywhere, anybody. I mean, honestly. Um, but, you know, the reality of it is when you play a team like Houston, that, you know, certainly them moving up to the Big 12, uh, all those things that go into it. But then, you know, I mean, just the brand Houston and the name and recognition. And for a lot of our kids, Louisiana, East Texas kids, I mean, they're all familiar with Houston. So for us, it's just it's a, it's a great situation. This will be the Cajuns' first appearance in the Independence Bowl in school history. Only about a three-hour drive for the team. Desmond hopes fans and players will be excited to show their support here in Louisiana and provide a home atmosphere. That's what I was hoping is it was going to be something driving distance that we could travel and we could have a really good fan base and a really good show in there. And I think we will. Um, you know, for a lot of our players, you know, I mean, Mississippi, East Texas, Louisiana, that's where the bulk of our roster is from. I think it's, it's easier for their families and their friends and things like that to get there. And in high school football, fans of three teams in Acadiana gearing up for state championship games in New Orleans this weekend. Vermilion Catholic faces Wachita Christian on Thursday night at 7. And Lafayette Christian Academy will meet St. Thomas More on Friday. You can listen to that game on Classic Rock 105.1 with uh, myself and Ian Ozan on the call. Kickoff is set for noon with the pregame show set to begin at 11 a.m. Well, we've got ourselves another very foggy start out there this morning. Dense fog advisory is going to be in effect throughout the first half of the morning. Does look a little bit better in the afternoon, though. Eventually should be getting a bit of sunshine out there today, although I think we do have to navigate some clouds, maybe even a few light kind of sprinkles that are going to be out there today, but no rainfall that's going to have any kind of major impact on anyone's day. Highs get up to about 84 degrees. Once again, going to be very, very warm out there. In fact, staying in the 80s through the rest of the week, likely even into the first half of the weekend as well, with some showers on the way on Sunday. That's probably the next time maybe we could cool down just a little bit. In the meantime, partly sunny skies day in and day out. Temperatures in the 80s through the rest of this week, and those lows are going to be sitting in the upper 60s. will be about 66 degrees overnight tonight. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPAL. Our salute to America brought to you by Jim Olivier's Home Improvement and Roofing, Louisiana. To honor America and perform our national anthem, 
please welcome home eight-time Grammy winner, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, the Empress of Soul, Gladys Knight. Hello. <laughs> it is coming up now on 722 on Acadiana's Morning News. All right, before we do anything, let's talk about we can barely see each other in the control room <laughs> because there's so much fog outside. <laughs> I oh. think Mark and Jacob brought some of the fog inside with them. <laughs> yeah. like, the hot air, at least. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it could get any thicker than this, but... Yeah, we think. Y'all, if you normally leave at 730... You better leave now. Put your <laughs> shoes on and get in your car, okay? Make sure you're wearing some cassons and some pants. <laughs> but get in your car and go to work because yeah. I tell you. It's about 12-foot visibility. Out yeah, there. <laughs> so whether you're early or late, have some patience out there because it's yes. not it's not pretty, y'all. Yeah. It's uh, even denser than it was yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. What was it like for y'all driving in? It, it wasn't bad. It wasn't killer bad. I but mean, it was, it was just definitely out there. Yeah. And, Turn on your dang headlights. Yeah. Don't afraid. That's yeah. something, too, you should have told them, Burn. Turn yes. on your headlights. Yeah. But it wasn't. I've seen it worse. Yeah. yeah. It is definitely out there and prominent. It's some some thick Cajun and, soup. And <laughs> some boudin soup. And, yes. Scott, can you give us a, a fog report out from Plaisance, please? 
Oh, Scott did. He did. But he's in the. Uh, he was going over the basin. Okay. He said it's bad. Oh, okay. yeah. oh the yeah. basin. Oh no. Oh, I'm staying clear. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to Baton Rouge. Yeah, yeah. But even out there, it's all a mess. Um, all right. So it is time for winging it Wednesday. The topic may seem familiar, but it's appropriate because last night about a dozen folks got in front of the Lafayette Council to give their thoughts. Look, there are a lot of places here in Lafayette in the city where a new performing arts center could be built. Um, you got camps where people are like, no, I really think this is the best. No, I think this is the best. Now, Lita did do a feasibility study. The feasibility study suggested the best location would be the corner of Cajun Dome Boulevard. Um, and um, why am I blanking? Uh, uh uh, Congress. Yes, that's that's yes. <laughs> I blank too. <laughs> Woo, I had a moment. Um, sorry about that. So that was the best one. But you know, folks who are proponents for the downtown area, they make some excellent points. Those who have said, you know, maybe it should be on the north side, coming in on you know the 101 exit uh, or the you know the corridor that deals with the thruway um, in that area. You know, there are some really good discussions that are going on. It's one of our our questions for today. Um, now, Mark, you had a chance to actually hear the conversation. You flipped it on last night and we're listening um, to that. Um, talk to us a little bit about what some of the thought process was for mm -hmm. the people who spoke. Well, you first off, you were very close, Bernie, because I counted the, uh, took some notes on mm -hmm. each speaker, mm -hmm. and 13 speakers appeared to talk about the Hyman Performing Arts Center. Things, uh, Philip Gould, as we know, a well-known photographer, said basically the university property is not pretty. Uh, where is the social benefit? Uh, James Lima was uh, the speaker before Philip Gould. James Lima is a consultant. His name came up with the first speaker about, again, this is speaking on the Hyman Performing Arts Center. The new Hyman, a new Hyman board member said, uh, we need this to uh, transform Lafayette. It's more than a building. She is, by the way, a retired chief strategy officer. I did not get her name. Mm -hmm. um, California, oh, California Transplant came up and said, uh, we need to break out of the we who are we are who we are attitude here in Lafayette. What what did that mean? Did that means you know status quo. We are who we are. We don't we don't need a, a state of the art performing arts center. That's what I took what she said to mean. There was a representative up for Jack. <laughs> like, like okay, Bernie's making some faces. I am here. making some faces <laughs> only because we are going to have a new performing yeah, arts yeah. center. Yeah, yeah. It's so going to happen. But there is that sentiment out there, and I've heard it where people have said, no, we really don't need one. Why do we need to spend money on a new performing arts center when we have one that works? By the book, because by it the doesn't boom. work anymore. And we talked about that yesterday, Bernie, and, yeah. and you laid out why uh, the, the case for there being mm -hmm. one, but there is a, there is that sentiment out there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they don't know, I think, some of the behind the scenes stuff, maybe right, or right. haven't read up enough to to go further than, oh, that's going to cost us some money. We can't do that. Well, I mean, well, I don't I don't know. think that we have, you know, the space or the architectural capability to, to make a Sydney Opera House. But you have no. to think that was just a harbor, probably a really beautiful harbor. Sure. But now, you know, it's the Sydney Opera House. So there is that opportunity, mm -hmm. you know, potentially if we had a really cool, unique space 
for it to be, you know, a space unto itself and, mm-hmm. and you know, get people yeah. to come in just for it. It's a facility that can't be too big mm-hmm. and it can't be too small. Yeah. Right. Because you've got you've got to be able to get a, a performing group in there that can sell between thirty five hundred and four thousand tickets. Because mm-hmm. if you go higher than that, sometimes our community can't support it. Yeah. Uh, if you go less than that, maybe you won't get a Chicago to come to Lafayette. Yeah. And perform on stage. Now, you know, it was cool when Lauren Daigle came. They mm-hmm. did that event over three nights. Which was awesome. And it was, it was, it was amazing. And I think that that was the way that they were able to accommodate a, a popular act such as Lauren Daigle, who was mm-hmm. coming back to her hometown, was to be able to do it over three nights. Yeah. Now, would mm-hmm. it have been awesome yeah. to be able to do it over, you know, one night and get all those three crowds in there? Yeah. But they accommodated and they made it work. That's mm-hmm. for now. But like you were saying... To get some of those bigger acts, you're going to have to add Mm -hmm. some more seats in there. So I'm going to have to go back and say that I do kind of agree with the California transplant in a way. Because, for example. um, I would have left California, too. Right? I mean, our food's so much better. No, and they do have some great restaurants in some of their bigger cities. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is, yes, we have to be able to be willing to pay for the arts. Because I think, unfortunately, it's always been, well, mom and them played this or uh, Nonk, whoever used to play this. So we're going to call them. They're going to do our benefit for free. (laughs) We're going to raise some money. And that's how we lived for years. Now we realize in order to sustain these people in this creative culture, guess what? We got to pay them. We have Mm -hmm. to change the mindset where that is concerned. So Mm -hmm. I can kind of see California transplants. Mark, allow me to say this and then it's yours. Yeah, yeah. I just, I want, I, what I will say is you have to look at how much money this is going to bring in, not so much how right. much it's going to cost. And see, that's what mm-hmm. I always tell people, Brandon, yeah. mm-hmm. constantly. And people sometimes, uh, blah, 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 blah. no, give us the dollars and cents. Yeah. If I spend a dollar on this project, how much is it going to return to me mm-hmm. for that $1 investment? That needs to be the lead on yeah. every story. Absolutely. Because that is what sells people. Same thing with the airport. Mm-hmm. You know why we got the airport? Because they said, we're going to do this eight-month temporary no, tax. Terminal, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to do this, and this is what's going to happen, and then we're not going to come back to you for a while. That's why people jumped well, on the bandwagon. And I asked uh, our mayor president about that last Thursday, and what was said was, we want to try to exhaust all options before having to go to a tax. Right. Um, but, you know, they're looking at all the different options right now. Go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> uh, the mayor did. The mayor spoke, and he was asked uh, fairly early on, how much is this going to cost? And, and the uh, mayor, President Guillory, gave a range of $100 million to $250 million. Ew. All right. Well, and so there is some state know. money available. It seemed like there was somewhat of a sense of urgency by the council. I don't know if there's a like a a deadline, if you will, to put your and and, and, and then when you say state money available, I think it's more like an application. You're not guaranteed the money. But I, I, I so I don't understand there were no details given behind that statement that there is state money available. We can't miss out on this. But that was a sentiment that was expressed by mm-hmm. President, Mayor President Guillory, and uh, the council kind of reiterated that. Mm-hmm. So, look, uh, look, I, I have questions. 
I don't want to be a Scrooge and say, but here are the questions. And Mayor Guillory, by the way, Nothing said, wrong with questions. This is we not need to a, keep asking right, questions. Right, right. This is not a foregone conclusion Amen. that we're going to build, that a new Thank performing you. arts center would be built. Here is my we question. We need one. Right. But and, we got to figure out if we can do it. Correct. Right? And Mayor Guillory will hopefully address this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Number one, how did this come about? Mm-hmm. I have not heard that. It, did it magically appear on an agenda okay. a year ago? He said it's been in the process for about a year. Yeah. I do remember the whole discussion going on about a year ago. But then also behind the scenes for the people who work uh, most of the time with the Hyman Center, this discussion has been going on for at least seven to eight years. And the reason is, is it comes down to so many things. Eventually, the hospital did want to expand. That was going to happen, people. I don't know what bubble you live in that you think that hospital wasn't going to expand. We got two hospitals. It was going to have to expand to be able to handle the amount of trouble that we have when it comes to emergency rooms in our community, Mm -hmm. et cetera, outside of any pandemic. That's just day-to-day stuff because a whole bunch of people live here. All right. So then there was the question about the acoustical side of what was happening at Hyman. Um, Then there was the question of what do we do with the venue itself as it ages? We've already had one renovation, but is it time to do something different? See, a lot of these different things behind the scenes being talked about and discussed with people in the community who book groups and concert folks, um, you know, public officials, et cetera. Did it really come to the forefront a year ago? Yes, because people started talking. Hey, there's probably some state dollars out there. Here's one thing we could do. How could we have a big economic impact? Think how awesome it would be if we could have a Chicago every weekend Mm. in Lafayette come in to play a set or even two or three days. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, a little bit of the background. Okay, well, and and that's all, you know, fine and dandy, but I still would like to know more of the details behind this because a lot of the, what we're hearing, the noise is coming from, quote, the downtown group. Miss Anita Begno went up last night, the head of uh, Lafayette Downtown Development, Mm -hmm. and there's, there's two organizations, the other one evades me right now. And she spoke and she said, did I, I ask myself, self, do I want to go up and speak? And she said, yes, because I'm all for Lafayette and all for the arts. And uh, she didn't specifically say we need this downtown, but it was implied. It didn't it didn't necessarily need to be sa- said. And she said, and my what is it? What's the word? My uh, my stakeholders mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. our large group. Now, who are your stakeholders? Are they in that downtown development district? which, by the way, gets the largest property tax of anybody in Lafayette Parish. They pay more millages now. There are fewer people, so they don't bring in that much money. I would make the argument that we are all stakeholders in downtown because so goes the downtown of a community, so goes the rest of the community in many aspects. Okay. So, yes, the downtown folks that have their businesses and their properties there, mm-hmm. big-time stakeholders. But us also, in general, I think do have a stake in it, too. Okay. Yeah. So, as as a Lafayette Consolidated Government employee, I'm, I'm going former. to say former employee, <laughs> retired employee, I just don't want people years. to think you're doing that. No, 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 no. Yeah, thank you. No, <laughs> I did retire five, six years ago, going on six years now. And so, I saw a lot of things with the attempt... 
and this was said by many of the speakers last night, to fundamentally transform Lafayette, said in so many words, I am not against, I am for the arts. We were season ticket holders for the symphony. I've seen numerous concerts there. I've sat in the Hyman. The acoustics are good. Are they the best in the world? No, they are good. I've sat there and watched the Acadiana Symphony and been in awe, listening to this Mm -hmm. gorgeous music, saying I'm listening to music by some of the best composers ever in human history, and I'm sitting there with my mouth open (laughs) with this gorgeous music coming up to me in the balcony. The acoustics are fine. Could they be improved and be a little bit better? Yeah, sure. But is it worth Let's just go in the in the midpoint. Is it worth $175 million? Yeah. Now, here are some things. Fundamentally transforming Lafayette. Okay, here we go. And I saw proof of this in my research is there. An attempt to fundamentally transform Lafayette, Louisiana under a former Lafayette Consolidated Government Administration. What happened? $1.2 million was spent on Plan Lafayette. It was, it was, an, and oh yeah, but there was public input. There was public input led by people who had the purpose of getting the result they wanted. For example, a friend told me who attended a meeting, she stood up and she said, so how much is this going to cost us? The response, it's called the Delphi method. People are trained in the Delphi method. It's kind of mind control. The response from the presenter, which, by the way, was from the firm, Wallace, Roberts, and Todd, the response to that question was, oh, no, ma'am, we're not talking about that now. We're dreaming. Okay, we're dreaming. $1.2 million, Plan Lafayette, hundreds of thousands of dollars for the Unified Development Code. Those two things go hand in hand. What you can't do, what you must do, government overreach to the nth degree. The arts are a huge part of the sustainability plan. By the way, why are you bringing in sustainability? Miss Begno said, I still have it in her news release. We are all about sustainability in downtown Lafayette. So what does that mean? She was never called on that question. Just a very brief. We, I know what it means. Okay, so it it really just kind of goes on and on. By the way, the arts are a very important part. Example, the bottle lofts, four corners of Lafayette, the old Coca-Cola wooden building, redone at how much? Renovated for artists. Remember, artists and the arts are a huge part of sustainability, which means government control and so on and so forth. So... $500 per square foot was paid into renovating the bottle lofts. Mm -hmm, Now, they mm -hmm. are for artists only, Mm -hmm. subsidized Mm -hmm. rent, and so on and so forth. Why? Because it's so vitally important. At $500 a square foot, my quarter of a million dollar home would have cost me $1.1 million. Right, right. As far as the dollar and cents, though, with, okay, so I'm going to give you some of the other insight, too, on some of this. Um, I don't know what her sustainability means. I don't know about that. I do. (laughs) Um, As far as, and you can specifically, you know, call her and and ask her more about that. Mm -hmm. One thing we do have to realize, though, people can live anywhere now. They don't need Lafayette. True. They don't need us. True. These people who are these world-class artists, and now we've got a Grammy category, they don't need us anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They can live anywhere. They can work anywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. So part of it is how are we as a city and a parish 
going to move forward without spending too much money on moving into a thought process where we can attract people to Lafayette. People can live anywhere and work now. Mm-hmm. They don't have to just be in Lafayette. Yeah. My point being, if you don't have something with visual artists, music artists, things that uh, the culinary arts, which, you know, there's a lot of local programs, thankfully for that, too, in some of our academies and some of our other schools that are supplementing some of that. People can live anywhere now. They don't need to say, oh, well, there's only this kind of music here. If, you know, there are people, there are so many companies in this town in Lafayette that have, have employees in a bunch of different states. People stay here because they do want this music. They do want this food. But if you don't give folks who are looking for a little bit more in their community, you are going to lose some people who make more money. Mm -hmm. They can work in California and work via their computer here in Lafayette. But if there's not something exciting to do on Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, Mm -hmm. They're going to move. They're going to take their salary and move. And I, you, you, good points, and I'm in agreement. And so what I just said a few minutes ago, you said a lot of people would surmise, they would say, ah, there it is, Pope, the the old Scrooge at this time Mm. saying, no, 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 I'm against this. No, I'm not. You have to, you have to listen deeply. And there are many questions to be asked, to Mm -hmm. be answered. And so look, that's all fine. Why downtown? Sustainability means they want high density living. They want mixed use. And, Mm -hmm. and if they hire a sustainability consultant for downtown, if it's Mm -hmm. determined downtown, it look, we're, we're putting government money. Government money went into those bottle offs. Lafayette consolidated government. Government should not be in the business of developing real estate. And, and I think two sides so- that discuss those things don't realize what the other side is thinking. And here's why. I remember a sustainability guy five years or so ago, and I remember it specifically because it was at the new library and there was that same discussion, the sustainability versus the, you know, kind of free uh, deal that we do. People live in the unincorporated areas for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, this guy, uh, uh, I remember him being so sarcastic and so smug about how how we all needed to live in these areas that were high density and this and that. And I'm thinking, dude, some people don't want to live there. They want to have horses or they want to let their dog run around or they want to have a big yard, free open spaces. They want, you know, and the the smugness. And I said, okay, that guy is shut down to anybody else's way of living, Mm -hmm. but vice versa. The people who say, I want to live in these unincorporated areas, maybe some of them don't get the idea that other people would like something maybe a little more dense in the downtown area as a way to attract other things. So I think having the discussions are important. I hope we can have discussions that are mature and open and people not getting overly passionate and throwing out ugly words. Um, Right. Like, because the beginning of this discussion a month or so ago, I'm like, Jesus, already, man, it's Lafayette 2.0 of the, you're stupid, I'm smart, <laughs> I'm right, you're wrong. We got to quit the I'm right, you're wrong discussions and get into the, oh, I can see your point and here's why I disagree with it, mm-hmm. but I can appreciate it. Right, right, well, I think right. the whole story of life. And then sell papers or radio spots or whatever. However, I think as a town square group, we have a responsibility 
to bring all the points forward, all the discussions and all the viewpoints. And that's why I love when Mark comes in here, Jacob, all the other guys that do, too. Because, yeah, who wants to spend five hundred dollars a square foot? Uh, I wish somebody would have come in and renovated my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hello. And that's why people said, what the hell? It's not that we don't support the arts. Mm -hmm. It's we don't support the arts for that amount. Right, right. And also consider this one. We were duped. We were were boondoggled back during the the Robodeau administration. Create Mm -hmm. was a, quote, arts and Mm -hmm. an arts initiative. Mm -hmm. And all we were told... In the and there was some PAC money that was used to promote that. All we were told was a jobs initiative. Mm-hmm. Nothing about the arts. Create stands for culture, recreation, blah mm-hmm. blah. C R E A T E. It is it is an initiative of the United Nations. Mm-hmm. I read the document. It said guiding principles. What do you call it? Best practices. Mm-hmm. Right there, top of the list. United mm-hmm. Nations. Right. Uh, and UNESCO out of Paris, France. Right. And so we're looking at all these models. We're, we're engaging in groupthink. Well, everybody else is doing it. Prime example, Austin, Texas had a create. They were putting money in the arts. They were building venues. Mm-hmm. They were giving money to artists to expand the arts in Austin. From the report about four years ago, Imagine Austin The CREATE and the arts initiative is not working. We are putting money in the arts in Austin, Texas, and venues continue to close and artists continue to leave Austin because of the increasing cost of living. It was in the report. I still have the hard copy paper. I'm not making this stuff up. And I think that's one of the things that the bottle-offs did provide. The bottle-offs... And Gallery 337 and some of these other places, while, of course, the inflated costs are a little ridiculous, mm-hmm. they are places where these folks that are contributing to the arts that need some kind of patronage that can't really make ends meet without a little bit of help, where in the past, they just work for the king, you right. know, or whoever, okay. some rich person, and create art, but now they got to make ends meet. Okay. Those bottle-offs, so, you know, kind of band-aid that. That goes to my point of how people don't know how to support the arts anymore, but there is a group of people in Lafayette who say, okay, we get that they need patronage, but they're just saying it shouldn't be the government to give that much well, of an investment. sure. Right. Yeah. Right? right? I'm okay with maybe $100 a square foot, $500. <laughs> I mean, those were the discussions that went on when those things were built. I'm yeah. just saying they look right? really nice. And I've been to a lot of artists' places. And right. Right. They didn't have to be and that so nice. Here's the, right. <laughs> and that's kind of my point, too. And I'm not picking on anyone. I'm just saying... Um, We have a responsibility as taxpayers to continue to ask questions. Um, And there's nothing wrong with asking questions. Um, A person did just uh, say, Mark, what did you say? We're talking about studying the economic impact of the Performing Arts Center, not some conspiracy theory. (laughs) So what I would say to this app person is, I get where you're coming from, but I also understand where Mark is coming from. Because Mark has his thought process on it. This app person has their thought process on it. I think what needs to happen, I think maybe words like conspiracy theory, those words need to be X'd out. And maybe this person could have said, I don't necessarily agree with your point of view. I'm telling you, if we don't change the way we talk to each other in this town, we're not going to progress and move forward. I think there are a lot of third rail terms. And so when Mark hears the word sustainability, it's like Mm -hmm. when I hear someone say socialism or communism or, you know, a word that 
they're using for a specific reason, but has so many potential interpretations. Sustainability, for one, to me, when Anita would say sustainability, I wouldn't think conspiratorially. I would think, you know, you know, how are we going to make sure that we're not Using spending more resources than, right. yeah, and that sort of thing. But right. I can certainly see where. No, it's the guy who wants everybody to live in the cities in the high density. I, yeah, I can definitely really see that. Did four or five years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, there are somebody, you are never like going to convince. And that's okay. Yeah. That guy can have that point of view, too, because it's America. And that's why we have to have discussions, especially ones that are in public. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, just because you want sustainability doesn't mean I'm against sustainability. Yeah. But my version of sustainability Maybe a little bit different yeah. in free America. Mm -hmm. Y'all, we got to take a break because we are okay. late and behind. Not, Brandon is going to hit me over the head. <laughs> no, I'm enjoying the conversation. Christmas teddy bear over here. <laughs> Even though we love each other. Um, keep going in. And uh, that, to that app person, I get where you're coming I from. I do. Coming back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just sustainability for some, you know, is a different a different version or a different thought process. Yes. That's why we have to take all of the words out of it, all of the those words, and have these conversations. Uh, the Art Center is a 100-year building. Put it in a spot that can accommodate a 100-year population growth, mm. not in a matchbox. Excellent point. Great Excellent point. point by that app chatter, too. Yes. Okay. That has to be part of the equation. So what we're going to do is we're going to yes. take a break. We're going to take a one-minute break. Sweet. We're going to have weather and traffic. Yeah. Then we're going to take a three-minute break, and okay. we're going to come right back to the discussion. Ooh, yes, sir. Right. Bernie broke the rules. Sorry. It was a, it's a great conversation. It's worth breaking the rules for. <laughs> yeah. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at matthew-james.com. Very foggy start across Acadiana today with a dense fog advisory up through the mid-morning. Temperatures are going to be pushing their way into the 80s, probably about 84 degrees out there for that high. Lows tonight going to be dropping down into the 60s. It'll be about 66 for the overnight low. And same kind of forecast coming up over the next couple of days. Very, very stagnant pattern here across Acadiana with spring-like conditions lasting through the rest of the work week. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPAL. West Baton Rouge's newly renovated conference center is a Convention South Reader's Choice winner and is the ideal spot for weddings and other special occasions. Visit westbatonrouge.net. Like them on Facebook, westbatonrouge.net. News Talk 96.5 KPAL. Right now, traffic. All right, looking at what's happening in our traffic right now, uh, we do have a crash 15th Street at Plum Street, also Ridge Road at Ambassador Caffrey. So that's 15th Street at Plum Street and Ridge Road at Ambassador Caffrey. Phone lines are open. Call the show at 232-1542. 232-1542. Then listen live anytime with the free KPL News app, free in the App Store or Google Play.
It is coming up now on 755 on Acadiana's Morning News. Well, we ended up talking more and more about a new performing arts center. Okay, Mark, let's go back to you. You had some stuff you wanted to talk about yeah, yeah. in terms of clarification. You're at your person saying uh, uh, we're here talking about economic development, not conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. I guess I understand that, but what's frustrating for me is what I'm saying here about Lafayette, and really it's broader than Lafayette. It's, in, it's what we're, if you want to call it conspiratorial, that Mr. Biden, our president, is trying to fundamentally transform the United States of America, that that comes back home to Lafayette because it is the sustainability model. And we need to understand that. And I am not, again, I am a supporter of the arts. But, but what I'm seeing is all these things behind the scenes, they're not conspiratorial, sir, calling me a conspiracy theorist in so many words. Are you denying the, the issue of the bottle loss? Are you denying Plan Lafayette? Are you de- I read the 200-page Plan Lafayette. Are you denying the Unified Development Code, the 400-page? Disaster. I, Ask I, any business person. Yes. I read it. I am not making this stuff up. I do my research very carefully, very thoroughly. I lived this stuff. Mm. I was in meetings as an employee of Lafayette Consolidated Government. I saw these attempts to fundamentally transform Lafayette, and I don't like it. I don't like this sneaky behind-the-scenes stuff. So back to the issue of Performing Arts Center and where should it be. I just have my questions about downtown Lafayette. And there is a group of activists in Lafayette who are very vocal, Mm. and the squeaky wheel does get the grease, and Mm. they make the most noise. Mm. I saw it with the split the government crew, uh, protect the city. I saw these activists. They showed up at the same meetings over and over, the same people saying the same thing. And if you say, well, here's what the public wants— it is a very dedicated, hardcore group of activists, and I think we're going to see that same thing, these same activists pushing for a performing arts center in downtown. If indeed that is the best place, so be it. But I am just worried about all the behind-the-scenes stuff that people never hear about. So what you heard from me is actual, factual stuff. If you don't have, if you're not informed enough to understand and want to learn more about what I said, uh, that's that's the problem with our great country and our great city. People don't know the details and what is behind the scenes, and as we all know, the devil's in the details. And I would just add to that that uh, with the Uniform Development Code, of course, there's all kinds of boogeymen that arose, but if you would ask business people, it was even worse before. I, I mean, you know, you had all of these disparate codes, which... Didn't yes, add up or didn't it, agree. That part of it is true that there are a bunch of mismatches. Yeah. But um, it, it maybe I'm is thinking, no better, but it's no worse. I no, mean, it is worse. Do you have an extra $50,000 because the trees weren't right? Well, I mean, it was stupid some of the parking like lot one requirements person, are crazy. Oh, it was bizarre. And one particular person I know got four different answers. Yeah. And still had to spend $20,000. Yeah. Money that was not even available, but you had to make it available because you have to open your doors. So here was part of the problem, I thought, with Fix the Charter, for example, was it was advertised as one thing, and then when people questioned the BS that was in it, 
then those people were said, oh, no, you're crazy. You're yeah. wrong. When in reality, the people that questioned it, myself, other folks, no, we were straight up correct. Yeah. And misinformation was sent out. So I don't believe anybody 24 mm-hmm. 7. And that's why I like to question everybody. Yeah. Um, and as far as, look. Hey, 50 50 Senate, no more. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. The four most powerful words. People need to go and talk about exactly how they feel and question everyone and question all of it. But as far as ideas are wonderful, but if you don't know how it impacts something in practice, Mm -hmm. then yes, we've got a problem. Um, That's a big part of what happened. And let's go back to the bottle lofts. Yes, patronage for artists is wonderful. Taxpayers helping them, wonderful, but to the tune of $500 a square foot. Mm-hmm. Aw, bleep. It's really, really, really That's, over the top. Uh, you know, here's something kind of an aside. Then, yes, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm go sorry, ahead. Burn. No, give it, give it a quick one, and then I'll go back to some comments. This, this is just to, to kind of lighten it up a little, and it's really, really fascinating because several two speakers, in spe- specifically last night, mentioned three things. We, uh, a one Acadiana group, went to three cities. And, you know, look, becoming, looking at how other cities are doing it, that's fine. But we don't have to copy uh, others. We we have our own uniqueness. We have we our own creativity. Our mm-hmm. We don't need to try to be like somebody else. Let's stay uniquely Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Okay, so three cities, Lexington, Pensacola, and Greenville. The one that caught my interest, I don't know why, was Lexington. I said, let me do some research on Lexington. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. Lexington is the most educated city. Uh, in, it, it ranks high in the nation. In the nation, the average uh, in the United States, 32% of the population has a bachelor's degree or higher. Mm -hmm. You know the smartest city in Louisiana? We're sitting in it. Lafayette, Louisiana, we go above the national average. 38% of people in Lafayette, Louisiana, I'm not saying you have to have a college degree to be smart. No, no, no. 38% of people in Lafayette, Louisiana have a bachelor's degree or higher. Mm. So we are above the national average. When you go to Mandeville, that city's over, I think, so 50,000. continue 000. to put it to work is yeah. what you're saying. In Mandeville, they only have a population of about 13,000. Mm. 49% of go. people in Mandeville mm-hmm. have... A bachelor's degree or higher. So you put those two together and it comes out with, yes, we do not have to reinvent the wheel and not a but and and we have so many great people here. We can probably do it better than the other areas, too. We can, you know, take what they have done, the hard work, take part of that and then mix it up, make it our own and maybe even make it better. Yesterday, Brandon put up a question about where should the new Hyman Center be located to get some thoughts from folks out there. Here's what some of the folks at KPL's uh, Facebook page had to say. Um, Tom said, the site that was first selected in the study was Cajun Dome in Congress. He says, hey, that has great access to both local and interstate travelers, plenty of parking, lots of room to build a larger facility, including ballrooms requested by some of the Monica associations. It would also be a partnership with UL the downtown site, which came in third on the study, would have issues with some of those points listed, specifically land cost. Brian said it should be built on the other side of town from downtown, where it is now, and away from the Cajun Dome complex. 
Brian says putting it next to the Cajun Dome restricts what could be booked and at what time. Um, those who, how many have read the study? There's a link there from Julie. Thank you. Anywhere that's not next to a hospital is parking is a nightmare. Go Rhonda. Um, <laughs> John says definitely not downtown. He doesn't feel safe there. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan making fun next to a Dollar General are a car wash. <laughs> okay, yes, there are car washes everywhere in the city. <laughs> um, one person said they like the Cajun Dome area. This is Blake. He says not downtown. Uh, Kevin says no need to waste taxpayer funds on another study. There was already one done. Why does Nanette Cook want to spend more of our money? Um, and Tommy says he believes the downtown folks are trying to trick everyone into putting it there. I don't think they're trying to trick people. I just think they're really advocating hard for having it there. Yeah. Um, and I don't blame them. I don't either because I, I mean, think every every area that could potentially be a site, every area wants it. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. You know, uh, you know, Lafayette is really broken up into divisions. Sure. You know, and mm-hmm. downtown Lafayette is a division that is going to advocate for itself as mm-hmm. it should. Yep. Everywhere should be able to advocate for itself. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about, you know, the potential of this being on the north side of Lafayette. Well, people, leaders in the north side of Lafayette, are, if they want it, they're going yep. to have to put forth a presentation too. like Anita Begno did. Absolutely. And by the way, if you, I've talked to Anita Begno off the air about this. And I tell you what, you start talking to her, she's going to make a great, um, she's going to make a great pitch for why it should be in downtown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think every group probably is going to work um, to do that. And quite frankly, as Brandon was saying, each area could benefit so beautifully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, as someone who spends most of his time downtown, I would love to have it downtown, mm-hmm. but I just don't see where we, we need an objective expert to come in and, and tell mm-hmm. us and help us out, not tell us, help us out. Okay, mm-hmm. one yeah. of the speakers last night, yeah, I, I heard about the Lita study. This guy was a real estate developer. Again, mm-hmm. even if I knew his name, I don't know that I would say it on the air because he's not here to speak for himself. But I wrote this down. I, I, he brought into question the the strength and the validity of the Lita study, and so did the other lady who was the strategic planner mm-hmm. for Fortune 500 companies. She mm-hmm. said the metadata wasn't good. We don't know the questions that were asked until we have that underlying information, that metadata, mm-hmm. that it, it, it brings it into question. And once again, she was a, a strategic planner. I believe she's retired and she is on the, I think, one, no, she's on the Hyman board. She's on the Hyman board, actually, right now. Okay. So anyway, this real estate developer said the Lita study is nothing more than an adult coloring book. And he had the study in a binder, and he kind of opened it and flipped to it. Didn't appear to be that many pages. Okay. Appeared to be about 30, 30 or so pages. It wasn't this massive study. And so I, the point is, and. and to the issue of where, Mark, where do you think they should put it? I don't know. I can go off the top of my head using incomplete information, but that is not how Mark Pope flies. Give me the details, give me the background, and let me drill down deep into it. And then once I've done that, then I will give you my informed opinion. I cannot give you an informed opinion today as I sit here. So how, so how does Mark Pope fly? 
he drills down. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't fly. He's going down, baby. He's going down. So you're saying a subterranean performing say, arts yes, center. Yes, yes, drilling down. Yeah. I say we have the performing arts center 1,000 feet in the air at the Geographic Center of Lafayette. What do you Whoa, think? Whoa, like a space needle? Yeah. Lafayette what do you think? Space yeah, like, like the, uh, the dinner plate that turns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Y'all are so fun. All right, so let's put uh, the, if you spend a dollar, whether it's shopping for Christmas or you decide, hey, I want to use some tax dollars for a particular area. We do know that if we can get some state money, right, and you do have like a, a, a performing arts center, let's say people do go to restaurants around that area. So if they spend that, that $1 they spend will turn over six to seven times in your local community. Keep that in mind when you're Christmas shopping today. Um, I actually did that uh, for Black Friday. I said, where can I go that's local? So I kind of started looking up some things and I went to Eat Lafayette. Yeah, Because that always gives me some great ideas. <laughs> but I'm like, what do I want to eat? I'm like, it doesn't matter if the Eat Lafayette campaign is going on or not. I'm like, oh, yeah. let's go to Eat Lafayette. And it gave me some great ideas of stuff. Get inspired. Yeah, yeah, you really do. So... You know, the point being here that if you can support a local artist by buying something that they have created, sculpture, um, you know, uh, uh, a piece of uh, oil on canvas or something like that. If that artist is living here locally, that really does turn over in your community, too. I'm just kind of throwing that information out. Yeah. All right, guys, we have to um, we have to take a quick break. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Just for a little bit of news. Yeah. Okay. And then when we come back, we'll talk one more question for today and then we got to wrap it up. But the discussion will center around the topic that I sent yesterday from a report in the advertiser talking about money. Since we've Ooh. been speaking about money, money. Um, you know, of the seven Louisiana parishes that, you know, have the biggest, largest populations. How well we do in terms of salary and per hour wage, mm. et cetera. So more on that coming up on Acadiana's Morning News. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. For KPL News, I'm Brandon Como. Where will Lafayette's new Hyman Performing Arts Center be located? That was the topic of discussion at last night's meeting of the Lafayette City Council. However, nothing was officially decided and new proposals are still being entertained. Further public comments will be addressed when the council meets on December the 20th. Cajun Palms RV Resort in Henderson has announced a name change and some big plans for that facility. The park is transitioning to become a Camp Margaritaville RV Resort. The first phase of the transition should be completed by Memorial Day of next year. Well, if you're thinking it feels unusually warm for this time of year, you'd be right. Forecasters say record high temperatures could fall across South Louisiana today. The record high for this date in Lafayette is 82 degrees. Forecasters say we might tie or break that this afternoon. Now, Brooke Dorrington has more about the unseasonably warm temperatures for December across Louisiana and how one shops for the and how one shops for the holiday season during it. LSU marketing professor Dan Rice says, yes, weather can impact how one shops. For example, online sales tend to increase during hazardous conditions. 
to avoid the elements, but warm weather this time of year can increase foot traffic at brick-and-mortar retailers. Yes, there's an influence, um, but it really can depend largely on exactly what you're looking at in terms of whether that influence is positive or negative. And while you're less likely to buy a winter coat when it's supposed to be warm, Rice says that's when you're more likely to snag a bargain. I'm Brooke Thorington. Well, speaking of businesses, a new round of federal small business assistance will bring over $100 million to Louisiana's locally owned businesses. Here's more from Whitney Thomas. The money was awarded Louisiana via the state small business credit initiative, part of the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. Governor John Bell Edwards says many small businesses struggle to stay afloat, much less grow. Access to capital is the number one inhibitor to success. Over 90% of Louisiana businesses are small businesses, and they employ over half the state's total workforce. They are resilient, but certainly can use some help. Information is online at louisianassbci.com. I'm Whitney Thomas. Congressman Troy Carter says he hopes the Memorandum of Understanding inked by Governor John Bell Edwards and French officials last week will help bridge the gaps between advocates for clean energy and those who prefer relying on fossil fuels. We all recognize the importance of energy. We all recognize the importance of trying to bring the prices down for the consumer. And we all recognize that we have to do it in a cleaner, better way. As part of the agreement, France will send an international technical expert to Louisiana to help state agencies find French industries that might want to work on carbon reduction initiatives in Louisiana. This MOU gives us an opportunity to borrow from their technology, borrow from their expertise, and have a meaningful exchange on how we can do better at protecting our coast, protecting our climate. Governing Magazine says France has established several international technical experts in various parts of the world. This is the first one dedicated to energy transition and climate change, and the first one based in Louisiana. Pundits analyzing the results of the November election are suggesting the reason the anticipated red wave of Republican support across the country did not happen was because more young voters turned out than ever before. However, that was not the case in Louisiana. The highest voter turnout was among was actually among voters aged 65 and older. Back in local news, Beauchene High School was placed on lockdowns twice yesterday. The first lockdown was reported before 9 a.m. After that threat was cleared, students were on their way back to class when yet another threat was discovered. St. Landry Law Enforcement is investigating those threats. Meanwhile, school is in session today at Beauchene. In Evangeline Parish, a deputy has been terminated after it was alleged he was involved in a physical altercation with an inmate. Jaquarius Hayward is alleged to have assaulted an unidentified inmate while during a lockdown at the jail on, the, on December 3rd. He's been charged with simple battery and malfeasance in office. In Opelousas, Arian Walker has been arrested and charged in connection with a fatal hit-and-run crash that happened November 23rd on US-190. Aaron Nathan Washington was killed in that crash. Walker is facing several charges in the case. She was booked into the St. Landry Parish Jail this week. 81 years ago today, Seaman First Class Houston Temples of Varnado died when Pearl Harbor was attacked. His remains were initially identified, and today he'll be buried in Bogalusa. His niece, Shirley Temples Heyman, recalls a letter he sent home while he served in the Navy. At the bottom of the page, I never shall forget, he said, Mama, Mama, don't worry about me. I'm serving my country. Uh, Heyman was only five months old when her uncle was killed and says when the Navy offered to have his remains buried in his home state, it was her son who suggested having his funeral on this significant day. And so my son, Joseph, said, uh, why don't we do it on Pearl Harbor Day? 
Heyman and family members are extremely proud of Temple's military service, and they're very grateful to be able to honor his memory in Louisiana. It's just been an amazing journey, a wonderful time of knowing that after 81 years, my uncle is finally coming home. The funeral will take place at 2 p.m. at Panama Cemetery in Bogalusa. In sports, the New Orleans Saints suffered a heartbreaking 17-16 loss to the Buccaneers Monday night after leading and controlling for much of the game, up 13 with just over five minutes left. The Saints allowed two long touchdown drives as the Bucs scored the game-winning touchdown with three seconds left. The Saints controlled much of the game and made three trips to the red zone, none of which resulted in a touchdown. Coach Dennis Allen says he was pleased with the team's ability to move the ball, but was frustrated by the missed opportunities. We have a couple opportunities to make some plays. We don't make them. Um, and then and then situationally, we've got we've to be better. Um, look, I've got confidence in, in, in our offense. i got confidence in, in what we're doing. I think we just, ha- we just have to be more consistent in what we're doing. Frustration has been the story of the Saints' season, falling to 4-9. The loss to the division rival all but eliminates them from the playoff hunt. New Orleans is the second-most penalized team in the NFL and has the second-worst turnover margin after their two takeaways against Tampa Bay. Allen says the team has consistently lost winnable games. I felt like we had an opportunity. We put ourselves in a position to win. I feel like we put ourselves in position to win uh, on more than one occasion uh, this season. And, and for differing reasons, we haven't been able to get the results that that, uh, that all of us would like. Uh, coaches, players, fans, everybody. The Saints enter the bye week at a much-needed time. After back-to-back disappointing losses, Allen hopes the team will find time, some time to rest and refocus before the final four games of the season. Now two games behind the Bucks and at the bottom of the division, New Orleans will have to put the pieces together during their week off if they want a chance to save their season. We've been playing for 13 straight weeks. You know, I think the bye is a, a, a time for guys to, you know, kind of get themselves recharged. Uh, mentally, physically, and emotionally, and ready to finish out these last four games of the season. And so that was really what the message was. The Saints will host Atlanta after the bye on December the 18th. On a much happier note, the Raging Cajuns, selected to the 2022 Independence Bowl against Houston, head coach Michael Desermo says he and his team set out to be champions this year, and Independence Bowl champions fits that criteria. He says the team is excited about the tough matchup. We'd have been happy to play anywhere, anybody. I mean, honestly. Um, but, you know, the reality of it is when you play a team like Houston, that, you know, certainly them moving up to the Big 12, uh, all those things that go into it. But then, you know, I mean, just the brand Houston and the name and recognition. And for a lot of our kids, Louisiana, East Texas kids, I mean, they're all familiar with Houston. So for us, it's just it's a it's a great situation. This will be the Cajuns' first appearance in the Independence Bowl in school history. Only about a three-hour drive for the team. Desmond hopes fans and players will be excited to show their support here in Louisiana and provide a home atmosphere. That's what I was hoping is it was going to be something driving distance that we could travel and we could have a really good fan base and a really good show in there. And I think we will. Um, you know, for a lot of our players, you know, I mean, Mississippi, East Texas, Louisiana, that's where the bulk of our roster is from. I think it's, it's easier for their families and their friends and things like that to get there. And in high school football, fans of three teams in Acadiana gearing up for state championship games in New Orleans this weekend. Vermilion Catholic faces Watchtaw Christian on Thursday night at 7. And Lafayette Christian Academy will meet St. Thomas More on Friday. You can listen to that game on Classic Rock 105.1 with uh, myself and Ian Ozan on the call. Kickoff is set for noon with the pregame show set to begin 
at 11 a.m. We've got a lot of fog out there across Acadiana this morning. Dense fog advisory is in effect and will be up through this morning's commute. Not going to last all day long, though. Eventually, sun is going to break through, probably not till the afternoon. I, I think that even as the fog burns up, we're still left with some clouds out there. We've seen this pattern a couple different times already so far this week, and same kind of deal coming up over the next couple of days. Temperatures today, you want to get to about 84 degrees for that high. Winds from the south at 5 to 10 miles an hour. Overnight lows tonight going to be dropping into the upper 60s. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPAL. The Still Holiday Gift Guide has outdoor power tools and more for everybody on your list. Visit your local steel dealer and go online to stihlusa.com slash gift guide. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. All right, looking at what's happening uh, on the roadways right now. Uh, we do have a crash, Johnston at E. LeBlanc Road. That's Johnston at E. LeBlanc. Also, Louisiana Avenue at Simcoe Street, Louisiana Avenue at Simcoe Street, and Ridge at Ambassador Catholic. It is coming up now on 823 on Acadiana's Morning News. A short extension of our Winging It Wednesday. Jacob White, Mark Pope joining us in studio. (laughs) Oh, yes, exactly. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about this is an interesting story in the advertiser. Okay, so the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, okay, they took a look at the 356 largest counties in the U.S., Seven of those are Louisiana parishes, one of which is Lafayette, okay, of all of the counties. And, of course, we have the parishes with the highest population in the U.S. Lafayette Parish ranked 307th out of 356th in terms of what workers are making. So while Lafayette is among the lowest paid large counties in the nation, it's also among those that have seen the largest Pay increases over this past year. And I mean, we're like everybody else. People are looking for employees. So you got to try to pay a little bit more if everybody's trying to get the same person to come to work for them, et cetera. So I guess the big heart of the question is, what do you think this means for our community? Are there positives? Are there negatives? Um, Your thought process that we're 307th out of 356, maybe we might be off a little bit. Maybe I, we need to pop it up a bit. I would have liked to see what we would have been before COVID, COVID. before all the uh, wage yeah. increases. But, I mean, to take into account the cost of living, you know, I imagine mm. would maybe put us a little higher in the running. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I... <laughs> I don't make enough money, <laughs> but I uh, <laughs> get by. But, I mean, God, part of why I love living here is that it doesn't take a whole ton of money to get it done to get it done. Yeah. 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 Mark. Um, Yeah. I'm going to use a personal situation to kind of illustrate. And like Jake just said, cost of living when I worked 
Mm-hmm. Past tense for Lafayette Consolidated Government. I was environmental manager, right. and I no longer work for them, so that's okay. Uh, I got uh, contacted by a headhunter. We know the term headhunter. And the headhunter was trying to get me to go to Sacramento, California to apply for the position of environmental quality manager, the same position I held in Lafayette. Okay. Okay, My salary at the time was $75,000 a year. Okay. The salary for the job in Sacramento, California, $160,000 a year. So a huge pay cut. Just, yeah, well, no, because, huge, yeah, being Lafayette. Yeah, but what so, you got to spend over there. I researched cost of living, and the cost of living in Lafayette versus Sacramento was tremendous. Tremendous. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, so that's number one. Um I don't know what else I can say. Oh, as I researched, I made reference uh, earlier to research. I researched Lexington, Kentucky. They are the, what do you call it, the the world leader in horses. What do you call it? The capital. Yes. Crawfish crawfish capital, we Brobridge calls itself. So, no, horses. And you've got Lexington, which has a huge Southeastern Conference University. It is a land-grant university, as is LSU. It's a huge university, so they're doing research on horses. They also have manufacturing, plastics, metals, and those are the things that stick in my head. And there were other things, so so bioagriculture. And I know that a lot of that... That research is going on at our University of Louisiana at Lafayette. So I, I, I don't know how that, you know, really kind of fits in. We've had these attempts to try to bring tech companies in, but it's been somewhat limited. So I don't know the reasons why we have that lower income. I guess because we don't have those a lot of those high tech jobs. We have a university. We have medical centers. That's going to bring your average salary up. Lots of nurses, lots of doctors, lots of people working in, you know, maintenance, even in a hospital, not necessarily even specialists. So I don't understand. Look, I have a I'm a bit skeptical about these these quote studies. How did you get your information? What's it based on? And and really, the differences might be minuscule statistics. Yeah. So. Eh, I'm okay yeah, I mean, with at that least one. at least it's all the licit <laughs> money people are making, yeah. you know. But yeah, I just think that we have to, you know, be grateful for what we do have here. But to understand that, I mean, I think COVID put into stark relief that often those wage earners earning the least are the most integral to the economy's functioning, and mm-hmm. we we still really haven't had a reckoning. Obviously, wages have increased somewhat. But you know the grocery store workers, man, the 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 nurses, the janitors, the truckers. You know these are the people that keep us happy and comfortable and fat and sassy. And you know we need to maybe find ways to begin to sunset the reign of administrative, you know, gold. I, I mean that that's what you know, Mark's. But that's what Mark was offered, you know, a higher administrative position. And he realized, I think, that, you know, Lafayette had some inherent uh, 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 uncash qualities. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you would have made 160. 
you, that would have been a huge pay cut, man. I mean, 160 wouldn't have cut it in Sacramento mm, maybe 20 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, we well, got to start wrapping it up, guys. Any final thoughts in, real quick? In, interesting. You know, I, part of that getting that our salaries are low in, uh, in is it Louisiana? No, it's Lafayette, specific to Lafayette. Is it 18 individuals, 18 years of age and up? We have a population at the university of about 18,000. And how many of those young people are working? Mm, yeah. And even if they are, they're, they're making a minimal salary. So you got to look at that. And that's greater than 10% of our 127,000 total population. So that's when I say I kind of question these surveys. What's it based on? What is their, what are their parameters? What's yeah. their methodology? That's a good I'd like point. To, I'd like to look at that. Well, just like, are they, if you're getting no money except from your parents, do you have income? But then if you're also working a little, then are you suddenly on that statistic? Yeah. You, yeah. You know, yeah, that is kind of a curious question. Yeah. And I'll wrap it up with this comment from Debbie from Youngsville, which is so right on. And I'm actually calling about this issue today because i'm looking for some competition when she moved here she said our car insurance doubled Whew. that's the most people that move here have the exact same experience yeah and um it's expensive that's legal tort that's that's litigation mm -hmm. yeah buddy yeah bingo. bingo be safe out there everybody yes, yeah there's still some fog Jacob White, Mark Pope, once again, thank you for your time. Don't tort nobody. Yep, <laughs> it was fun. We've got news on the way in our conversation about fentanyl coming up. The loudest voices on the biggest issues impacting your life. Hi, hello, welcome to Moon Show. Continuing the long tradition of informing you in Acadiana. News Talk 96.5, KPL. Depend on it. News Talk 96.5, KPL. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at Matthew-James.com. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. For Cape Hill News, I'm Brandon Como. Where will Lafayette's new Hyman Performing Arts Center be located? That was the topic of discussion at last night's meeting of the Lafayette City Council. However, nothing was officially decided and new proposals are still being entertained. Further public comments will be addressed when the council meets on December 20th. Cajun Palms RV Resort in Henderson has announced a name change and some big plans for that facility. The park is transitioning to become a Camp Margaritaville RV Resort. The first phase of the transition should be completed by Memorial Day of next year. And good news for small businesses in the state. Louisiana has been approved for up to $113 million in small business support from the federally funded State Small Business Credit Initiative. The plan will offer mom-and-pops financial assistance, low-interest loans, and more. You can find out more about the program by visiting louisianassbci.com. The people have spoken in Georgia, and in that state's Senate runoff race, Democrat Raphael Warnock defeated Republican Herschel Walker. This ensures a Democratic majority in the Senate without having to rely on Vice President Kamala Harris to step in to break any ties. Pundits analyzing the results of the November election are suggesting the reason the anticipated red wave of Republican support did not happen across the country was because more young voters turned out than ever before. However, that was not the case in Louisiana. The highest voter turnout was actually among voters aged 65 and older. And if you're thinking it feels unusually warm for this time of year, you'd be right. Forecasters say record high temperatures could fall across south Louisiana today. The record high for this date in Lafayette is 82 degrees. Forecasters say we might tie or break that this afternoon. 
You're up to date. I'm Brandon Como. Another foggy start expected across Acadiana today. Visibility very poor out there this morning. Dense fog advisory up through mid-morning and then looking a little bit better by the afternoon. So fog not going to be lasting all day long. Temperatures, though, are going to be in the mid-80s once again, about 84 degrees for that high. Winds are coming from the south at 5 to 10 miles an hour and overnight lows tonight in the upper 60s. Same kind of forecast coming up again for tomorrow. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. All right, so we do have a traffic crash. A couple of them to report to you. East Simcoe at Louisiana Avenue. That's Simcoe at Louisiana Avenue. Also, Johnson Street at East LeBlanc Road. That's Johnson at uh, East LeBlanc Road. We've also got another crash uh, that's popping up on our screen here. It is uh, just off the Evangeline Thruway, um, right by where all of the uh, hotels, uh, motels are in that area as you're approaching the I-10, I-49 interchange. Um, looks like it's off on one of the side, uh, the frontage roads. Um, but I uh, just want to rem- uh, just want to make you aware of that uh, if you're near that area. It's coming up now on 841 on Acadiana's Morning News. As promised this morning, Keith Talamo is joining us. He's the Chief Medico Legal Advisor with the Lafayette Coroner's Office. Keith, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Glad to be here. You know, we were talking, we have been talking, I guess for about a year or so, about the different aspects of fentanyl and trying to bring bring more education to our community and learning so many things ourselves. Um, Earlier this week, we also spoke a little bit about a story from Monroe. They had uh, several overdose deaths from fentanyl. Um, and so you contacted us and, and said, yeah, you know, here's what's happening here. And so our biggest question is, do these things end up coming our way to Lafayette? And what are some of the things that parents, educators, and people that care about other people need to know about fentanyl? Fentanyl is in Lafayette Parish. We're getting multiple deaths. Um, for the past, from last year to October this year, we had 261 deaths. 198 contained fentanyl. Okay. With social media um, and fentanyl, the, the drug world is changing. Kids have easy access to the drugs. Um, and and we're talking like on Snapchat and stuff, Snapchat, right? Snapchat, uh, any kind of social media, kids have access. It's not like when I was growing up where the guy in the back corner or side street will hand you a drug. This is... People, your kids are meeting online, and they're getting what's called fentapils. Okay. Fentapil is fentanyl made to look like Adderall, made to look like Xanax, made to look like Percocet. Um, DEA says six out of every ten fentapils has enough fentanyl to kill somebody. Okay, let that sink in. Yeah. Six out of every ten of those pills Mm -hmm. has enough fentanyl in it. To kill somebody. And, you know, we were talking yesterday about, like, okay, you talked about when you were younger and, you know, you had, like, people, whether it was doing cocaine, meth, you know, it's obvious that they were doing drugs that were harmful to them and that were seen as such in society. But with these fentapils, it's hidden, and it's hidden in, like like you said, Adderall, Xanax. They think they're taking one thing, but they're taking something completely different, and that's something completely different 
is just a little small amount of it can kill them. Correct. It, it looks just like a real Adderall. Mm -hmm. looks just like a real Percocet. And a little bit could kill you. It takes the amount of three grains of salt that could take your life. Wow. The problem is you break one in half, that three grains of salt could be on one side. Mm -hmm. So if you take half a pill, yep. you might live, but you take the other half, you might die. Or if you give half to your friend, mm. same thing. Mm -hmm. wow. And I mean, this is not going to look like, oh, this is sloppily done. We're talking about, this is... These dealers, these drug folks have become uh, very sophisticated with these. It looks like a real pill that you would get from a pharmacy. It is. It looks just like a real pill. If it doesn't come from a pharmacist, don't take it. Right. And it needs to be something that your doctor is prescribing. You know, for years, we I think we've all heard stories of kids. Okay, well, I got exams coming up, so I'm going to get a few Adderall. Right. And I, I'm going to take that. And, you know, that way I'll be more focused. I can study and go in, ace my exams. But you know what? You don't know what you're getting off the street now. You don't, you don't know what you're getting off the street. Mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't trust your friend. You can't trust anyone. Just trust your parents, your pharmacist. Yeah, and that's pretty much basically it. Now, you spoke about overdose deaths. Um, there have been 200 and how many, you said? Like 261? From last year to October of this year, 261 overdose deaths, 198 contained fentanyl. Wow. But these are overdose deaths with addicts, first-time users, uh, different races, socioeconomic mm -hmm. background. Uh, it's with, with fentanyl, it's everything. Mm -hmm. Addicts aren't having time to recover. We all know an addict in our life. Mm -hmm. who recovered and becomes a you know, great citizen or made a mistake. But now people aren't having a chance to recover. Mm -hmm. So what can you kind of give us a scenario of, of what happens? Like, let's say somebody is in recovery. Maybe they haven't had any drugs in, in six months or, or something. What are some of the scenarios? It's common that okay. we have people that are getting out of recovery, mm -hmm. that people that get out of recovery, they go home and they have, Something happens in their life, and they decide to get a Percocet or decide mm -hmm. to get something, and they take it, and it's taking their life. They're so like that one pill can do it because they haven't had anything in their system. One pill can kill. That's why uh, the Beacon, uh, great organization, mm -hmm. they are the Beacon starting a navigator program okay. where you got an addict goes in overdose, goes to the emergency room. They're going to assign someone to that person to follow them to hopefully keep them off the drugs to give them something to talk to. Okay. So Beacon Community Connections. Okay, so Beacon Community Connections, that's definitely something that's we need to look into. Correct. Okay. Now, you also mentioned a very informative video that you wanted everybody to, to know about. Tell us more about it. A song for Charlie. It's, um, it's a video about explaining fentanyl to kids mm -hmm. and how it's getting to kids. It's mm -hmm. a very informative. I suggest that people look it up online, uh, just... YouTube, Song for Charlie. Mm -hmm. A Song for Charlie. Give us some of the other information that you were um, wanting to share with our audience members. Yeah. Um, I want to say this is a quote from Dr. O. And they, when this all came out, a news outlet actually yeah. go, you know, so fentanyl does not discriminate for someone struggling with addiction to someone experienced for the first time. This drug is claiming the lives of young and old. It affects all races, social economic backgrounds. You only have one life. With fentanyl, there are no do-overs. One, one bad decision could be your last. And me as a parent, I'm scared for my kids. Yeah. I've got a 17-year-old and a 20-year-old. 
Mm-hmm. That could be that one night out. You've had several drinks. Yeah. Somebody offers you a pill. You're like, oh, I know this guy. It's okay. I'm going to take this pill. And that's it. They, they they can't do the same thing I did. There's a mm-hmm. lady who works here. Her daughter died. Lyric. We all heard about her. Yep. Mm-hmm. Great family. You know, and mm-hmm. her daughter died. And I was the one that told her well how, how she died. And mm-hmm. It takes a lot. You know, it's um, unbelievable that that you're thinking to yourself, well, that's just one pill off the street. And again, as you pointed out, it's not like it was years ago. This is extremely sophisticated. And they the people who are doing this, you know, uh, the constant question people ask us about is, well, why would they do that? Why would they try to kill people? It's not, they don't, that's just collateral damage to these people. Yeah, so they're not trying to kill people. Mm-hmm. It's making it more addictive. Mm-hmm. So they know they bring it in here, get more people addicted to it, and more people are going to use it. And so it's, it's cheaper for them to produce, right? It's cheaper. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, fentanyl's cheaper. Mm-hmm. You get even, we say fentanyl but we're seeing a lot of people who, they go buy cocaine or they go, experiments experience with um you know, meth mm-hmm. and it's fitting all and it's killing them you know college kids you know unfortunately college kids go they're going to experiment but it's not the same they're they buy one thing and it's it's completely fentanyl. different you know, it's that, fentanyl that, that little student at ul she passed away mm-hmm. i think last year same thing mm-hmm. so as far as educating parents and educators i know that there are folks that are getting out in the community giving presentations so, but it really matters even if people are listening and their grandchild or their child is a middle school child. I mean, in the social media platforms, they're using uh, the little, you know, smiley faces or whatever to try to communicate with these kids. And that's how they end up doing this. Yes. And, and we were doing to Lafayette Corner's office, UL, Office of Public Health. Mm-hmm. We have a presentation geared towards. Grade, grade school students, high school students, where we'll go to the high schools. We'll teach the kids. Mm-hmm. We also have a presentation for adults. Um, we'll go to any organization. We'll go to any high school. We've been to high school talking to administrators. We've been to STM talking to kids. Anyone who wants to come talk to Danger of Fentanyl, just give Stacy Conrad a call at the Office of Public Health, and I promise we'll be there. Absolutely. And so any business that's listening, listening to this, if you want them to come in, uh, and give a presentation, you know, because you're the folks that work for you and their children. Um, these parents need to know about this as well. You know, these little emojis that you think are completely harmless. Boy, do you learn a lot in that presentation? I know we did. Oof, my goodness. Yeah, correct. I wanted to say, you know, don't believe sellers on Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, or any other app. Don't believe friends who get pills supposedly from a reliable dealer. Don't believe someone who says a pill has to be tested. It can't be tested. Only trust your doctor, trust your guardian, trust your parents, and, and, and that's it. It's, mm-hmm. it. it's not worth it. Yeah, it's absolutely not worth it. Keith, as we're kind of wrapping up here, any final thoughts for us? No, I just want to let everybody know, you know, one pill can't kill. Mm-hmm. So when you go when you go on your days, just, just keep it in your head. One pill can't kill. Just be smart. And if you need anything, call Keith Town to Lafayette Corner's office or Stacy Conrad to um, – at Office of Public Health, and we'll be there for you. Okay, excellent. It's coming up now on 851. More coming up on Acadiana's Morning News. Rouge's newly renovated conference center is a convention South Reader's Choice winner and is the ideal spot for weddings and other special occasions. Visit westbatonrouge.net. Like them on Facebook, westbatonrouge.net. 
Protect your family, protect your farm. FarmSafe 811 reminds you to never assume location or depth of underground pipelines and utilities. Always contact 811. Learn more at farmsafe811.org. It's coming up now at 856. We are wrapping it up for this Wednesday. We'll be back with Lafayette Live tomorrow. Lafayette Mayor President Josh Guillory joining us in studio tomorrow. Your questions, your comments, your concerns. I'm guessing the Hyman Center discussion will probably come up once again. It might come up. Tomorrow. So we'll talk about that mm-hmm. on the way tomorrow. You know, and else they had the big lawsuit that was uh, won yesterday in favor of Lafayette. And yep. uh, Josh Guillory's office. So we're going to talk about that, too. It's going to be another busy day on KPL. Uh, get our app and you can communicate with us. In the meantime, until we talk to one another again, can we try to love one another? Amen. Yay. If you can squeeze it, they can freeze it. Call today for your complimentary cool sculpting consultation at Williamson Cosmetic Center. 337-735-3870.